All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you right now for this place, for this people, that you'd secure this room with your peace, your power, your protection, this building, that the enemy cannot enter here, that anything is, that is here that is not of God, we bind you now, we forbid you to conduct your operation. You will not snatch the word of God out of the hearts or minds of any of us. You will not keep the people in this room from the blessings of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I ask that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your truth. Lord God, that we'll no longer walk in that defeat that Lynn was talking about. We'll walk in the power, and not only in the power for ourselves, but to help other people. Lord God, I pray right now that you'd impart the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Many have been praying here for that power, and I pray that you just get us deprogrammed, Father God, in Jesus' name, from all the lies, and that what we're say saying and teaching in the next three, four days, Father, it'd be start to make sense to people. God, it's not that complicated. In Jesus' name, we come against the complicator, Father, may I speak as the oracles of God, and may the Holy Spirit confirm this word with signs and wonders following. Lord, true signs and wonders. May you tuck each one here into the safety of the palm of your hand. Those who are bound with fear, I bind you fear. You're the one that's afraid. Now get out of here. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come against the spirit of blindness, physical blindness. I come against you with the blood of the Lamb, you spirit that holds back the, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Get out of here, you thief, and put that revelation back on the heart in the heart of the soul of the one that you've stolen it from. Father God, with the hopelessness, I command hopelessness to leave here in the name of Jesus Christ. And crippled, get out of here. You have no right to disturb our bodies and paralysis and legalism and law and religion. Get out of here. You have no right in this place. These are the people of the Most High God. Now, Lord Jesus, Son of God, be glorified in and through us this night and through your Holy Spirit, Father God, in Jesus' name. We also pray for divine protection. You said you've given us power. Over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. So now, no weapon formed against us, anyone here, no weapon will bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. Amen. Father God, we pray for divine covering for ourselves, our families, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and have come to us for help. Lord God, may these next three days be just filled with a manifestation of your glory, your power, your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, we're going to be here for a couple of days. Come on in. Come on in. This is not scary. We're all happy. Um, <clears throat> some of you are from healing rooms. Can I sort of like, your teen challenge sort of over here? Mm -hmm. Sort of, okay. We got healing rooms, kind of like, give me a hand. Show me the, who are you guys. And the rest of you are general public? Intercessors? Okay. Intercessors and, and general public and whatnot. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a quick look at my schedule with me because I'm going to be here doing various things. Um, and then we're going to go on and do some real things. Okay. Tonight, we're going to be talking about healing, the Bible strategies for healing and deliverance, because this is healing rooms, I guess. You know, it's everybody. Thank you, healing rooms, for bringing us here and for Lynn and for all the rest of you guys, Teen Challenge. Um, tomorrow night, or tomorrow day, we're with Teen Challenge all day. Yay, we're going to have fun. And then Monday night, tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare and generational curses. I don't even know. Where, is that going to be here, too, right here? Yes. All right, right here again. Okay. So generational curses, and then on Tuesday, again, with the Teen Challenge Girls, and Tuesday night uh, with the Healing Rooms people, there we're going to be talking about the body-soul-spirit connections and how to cast out demons. We'll probably get to a little of that, all of that, between now and then. On Wednesday, during the day, as I know now, my change, I'll be doing private personal appointments if you want one. I do counseling back at the ranch in Minneapolis, <laughs> and um, prayer counseling and deliverance. And so if you want an appointment... Uh, either talk to Desiree back there, she'll 
write a schedule for me. Um, and then Wednesday night, we're at Resurrection Life Church. And there we're going to be talking about cravings and control. Now, things can always change because God can just do anything he wants, right? Amen. And I'd really like to see miracles tonight and things like that um, instead of just the same old, same old. But um, let me ask you a couple questions. I like dialogue and I like interaction more than I like preaching, and I don't like to lecture. So what are some of the things you want to, maybe you can only be here one night, maybe it's just tonight. What are some of the things you want to know about in terms of whatever that has to do with the topic of God or the devil? Not that I have all the answers, but I would surely love to hear your questions and see if we can talk to that. Anybody? Why are you here? To see what God's got? To get what God's got. Amen. God's got all good stuff. He loves you very much. Does everybody know that you know that you know God loves you or just know it? Do you just know it or do you know that you know it? Because if you don't know that you know it, you will never be able to say no to the devil. And it's not in your soul that you know God loves you because your soul can only think and feel. It's in your spirit. Okay, we'll talk about some of this stuff. So questions, thoughts. Why are you here? Yes? How come when you cast the devil out and you, you, know, you bind him, I cast you out, get out of here, you know, go back to where you belong, and he comes right back with the same thing again? Because, you, because there's several parts to deliverance. Some people think of deliverance as just getting the devil out, but you also, the devil has hooked onto something in you, a part of you, and that part of you has to be restored. That broken heart has to be brought back into the truth because the devil works with lies. And if you don't get to the lie, and if the little part of you is still believing the lie, the devil it just gets right back in because we've been programmed by the enemy. So part of deliverance is is getting the devil out. Part of it's the inner healing, we'll call that part. And part of it is breaking the generational curses because if you still got the, if you still got the agreements yeah. going on, then you're going to still get pulled back in. Yeah. We have to cancel the agreements. And then the third thing is forgiveness, uh, getting back the things that were stolen from you and walking it out with, this, with discipleship. And, and it's, it's a process. you know. But the good news, exciting news on that one, We'll get back to some questions. One of those, uh, Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 10, <clears throat> in verse uh, 10, 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to you, to us in your name. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, guys, whoa. I saw Satan like lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. That's like minor. Rejoice in that your names are written in heaven. Yes. Guys, do you know what this means? God, the God of all heaven and earth, the creator of the universes, cares about you made you, knows where you are, loves you. And Jesus said, that's what you need to get excited about. Mm -hmm. Yes? I got a question. Uh, how do you guard yourself? I mean, we prayed, I prayed once before for some people, mm -hmm. I mean, a lady, and uh, a bad spirit came out, and I got punched twice in the stomach. I mean, I nailed over. How do you bind that before you pray one out? Is there a special Oh, I think... <clears throat> Uh, yes, um, we were talking about that a little bit before. We're jumping ahead of things, but that's okay. How do you do that? Well, the first thing you do, this is the, what the first thing. Now, I guess we're starting with casting out demons here, but that's what you're all interested in. Um, 
you have to understand there's a legality. There's the, the whole thing is based not on a power struggle, but on a on a truth, on a struggle, on a truth, knowing the truth, and it's a legal structure. God, here's the here's the big picture. God and Satan are at war. They're fighting over us. God votes for you, the devil votes against you. And you cast the tiebreaker vote. By whose report are you going to believe? So understanding that when you come into the, against the devil in his kingdom, you have the authority I just read about. Okay, now the first, but we have to understand how he's set up in that person's life. He's got legal permissions. He's got agreements from the generations. He's got agreements within that person. Um, and supposedly you've got the permission of the person to cast out the demon. But you have to bind. I would say the first thing to do is bind the strong man. Yes, amen. The strong man is identified by taking the name of the person that you're working with, taking their name, their full name, on their birth certificate. That's the first strong man. He will use their name or parts of their name. So when you bind the strong man, you, you render him powerless. And then you say, and you will not connect with the other demons in here. Then the next thing, after you bind the strong man, you're not going to cast him out yet, but you bind the general, then the, it's get easy to get the troops, you know. Bind the, the, the drunk strong man. And then you, I would say, when I'm dealing with them, and you'll probably see how I do that later, but... I would just I would command them to become small, smooth, slippery, shut their muscles. Slippery because so they can't hurt people on the way out. They can't scratch them or beat them or claw them or anything. Small, smooth, slippery, and you're, you're not going to. You know, if they know that you know, and, and it's, it's interesting. I, was, I worked at Teen Challenge for a, a couple of years, three years, way back in 95, 6, and 7 or something like that. And we were cleaning out a new building. They had just gotten a new building. Uh, purchased a new building which had been an apartment complex and there were a lot of um, uh, third world country people that lived in this building and they were doing their, they had their icons and their sacrifices and their shrines and their, they, you know, in the hallways and they were all just kind of like, you were, well, you weren't there but you probably know the building I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so I said to Pastor Rich, I said, Pastor Rich, I was the head counselor of all these and they were going to put all these girls in there. I said, Pastor Rich, I said, we need to go in that building and clean it out. And uh, they hemmed and hawed for a couple, three days. And finally, 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 they let me take a couple of staff over there. And so we went in. And these, but, well, he didn't do that until the girls started coming back with all these reports of demons in the night and nightmares. And, you know, they were not talking with each other, but they were all coming with the same stories. And because I was a counselor, I heard all the stories. So I said, hey, we got to do something about this. And so we took a couple of counselors over there. And we went into this one area with the, girl, the one um, room. And these girls were both complaining, but they hadn't talked to each other about what was going on. But they both had said the same thing, that the demon was seeming to be in this bathroom area. And so we walk in there, and I, this other guy's right behind me, this other counselor guy's name is Jeff. And so we're in here, and I'm, just, and I'm just walking in, and I'm just, you know, just doing my thing. And the demon went past me and knocked him against the wall. So I didn't see nothing. I didn't feel nothing. Not that I, you know, but I didn't, I, I'm sure he did, because Jeff wouldn't lie. And so, yeah, I can get that, that they, they want to do that. Maybe they just want to scare you in the way up. But, you know, just take authority. Say, you're small. In the name of Jesus, you will not. And then, you know, that thing I just said, that no weapon formed against you? When I do my stuff, there's about five points to this prayer that I put together. It's called um, uh, preparing for battle. There's five parts to that prayer. 
And one of them is for, I don't want future ramifications. And so I put together, I'll tell you another Teen Challenge story real quick, um, that I was working with this girl, she was coming out of the occult uh, high priestess from Wisconsin. And um, nobody could deal with her because she was just, you know, scary, I guess. Anyway, so I went up into her room and I was the, the primary counselor. It was 5 o'clock at night, 4 o'clock, something like that in the afternoon. Kind of a wintry day like this. And I said to her, um, I've just come up to pray for you, Angela. And um, she was sitting there kind of catatonic. And I said, Angela, can I pray for you? And she kind of mumbled, yeah, I was okay. And she's just gone most of the time. And um, so I began to pray, and, and, and I began to, and I, I bound a spirit of Apollyon, or Abaddon, which is in the Revelation, Book of Revelation. And then she spoke up, and she says, boy, you really made him mad. And I thought, oh, great. I thought, because I was new at this, that was back, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I says, oh, great. And I thought to myself, oh, and then I immediately said, okay, God, you send protection over my kids, because all of a sudden it flashed on me that he was going to go after my kids. And so I just said, God, take care of it. I continued to, and she, and then I was praying with her, and she grabs me like this. And I'm by myself, and I thought, well, this ain't going to be very good. So I said, and I had a lot of, you know, I had this sort of stuff happen up at the prayer altar. I mean, I'm a pastor's wife, and I, this wasn't the first time I saw it, but I was by myself, and it grabbed me, and I thought, okay. And I said, I said under my breath, I think I said under my breath, it doesn't really matter. I said, angels, tie her down. Tie her down so she doesn't come after me. Tie her down. And she let go. I don't know if she heard me, because I can't remember if I said it out loud or not, but it doesn't really matter. So anyway, um, I think I said it quietly to myself. I just said, tie her down. So she let her hand go, and I was ministering and doing it for about 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, and then I was done. And we prayed, and she didn't respond a lot, but she seemed to come out of it a little bit. And so I, I was getting ready to go, and I says, well, I'm going now, Angela. She says, um, okay. I says, well, aren't you going to? She just kept sitting there. I says, well, aren't you going to get up? She says, well, I can't. I says, why? She says, well, you told the angels to bind me. Yep. <laughs> and so I says, okay, angels, let her go. Immediately she moved, so she's done. And then the rest of the story goes on. On the way home, I felt the demons pushing on my car. It was a dark night, slushy out. I felt him, and I rebuked him. So this was a Wednesday night. I got home. It was time for church. So I went over to church, 7 o'clock at night, got a phone call from our oldest daughter. And um, <clears throat> she says, Mom, I'm okay. Now, whenever your, your kids start calling you on the phone, they say, Mom, I'm okay. And you didn't think they were not okay. I mean, you didn't think there was anything going on. She says, Mom, it's okay. I, I just had a car accident. So she's a teacher, and she had this little Spectrum, which you guys probably know is a very little car. And there was four women in it. They were all ca carpooling back from s teaching that day. And she was driving, and the car went off the road, spun around, flipped over, and landed on its tires. And all that was broken was the side view mirror. Wow. I know. The angels got that car. Yeah. Oh, well, the exciting things continue, you know, but that's... But that's what I would say to answer your questions. Bind the strong man first, know that you know, and pray that prayer of protection over you. You can get that copy back there. It's called Preparing for Battle. And their, their prayer is to set up the room. It's just like going to war. You don't, you don't want the enemy to call in reinforcements. So you cut that off. 
You take authority. I'm here under the authority of the Most High God. So when I came into Decatur, I told the enemy, I am here under divine assignment. You leave me alone. Yeah. He knows that. He gets that. And thank you for those of you who invited and those of you who prayed. Any other questions? I'd like to take some. Yes. Knowledge without their agreement? Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, you can, you, I wouldn't recommend casting out a demon unless the person is cooperating with you, but binding, you can bind. You can, whatever, the, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. If you've got, <clears throat> for example, I would use, I'll use the example of kids. Let's say you have an adult kid, child, who's out of the home and they're wayward or they're doing something that, you know, whatever. You say, Lord, show me what is the lie that my daughter, my son is believing. Show me what is the lie that they are believing that Satan is using to pull them into this, whatever the mess is. What's the lie? Immediately, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Immediately, he will bring it to your understanding. And you'll say, well, I already knew that. Well, of course you did, because the Spirit of God knows, and he's getting you to know. So let's just say that they feel... Uh, unloved or rejected or they feel uh, a lot of kids a lot of people a lot of people are very messed up because the church has messed them up the church is full of hypocrisy it is not even preaching the right gospel for the most part mm -hmm. and I can prove that to you in Romans chapter 11 in Romans 11 Paul says will Israel be saved in verse 5, he says, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if it is grace, then it is not works. Grace is grace, works is works. You cannot mix them. If you mix them, God must permit. It says God will permit. God will send, it says, but it's really he must permit. A spirit of stupor to come upon the people. A spirit of stupor is a demon. So they can't think, they can't feel, they don't get it, they're numbed out, they're fogged out, it, it, nothing makes sense, they're just out of touch, they're stoned. Then David, King David, adds to that curse and says, and let their table become a snare to them, and a trap always, and let their backs be bowed down, and let their loins shake continually. What does that sound like? Anxiety, depression, bowed down, hopeless. Your table become a snare. What do you do at your table? Eat food. What are you eating? You're eating poison, pesticides, GMOs, all that junk. Not God's food, probably. At least quite a mixture of it. And, and, and people think it's okay. And they're getting sick and getting cancer and they're dying. What else do you do at a table? You talk, have conversations, relationships. They get all screwed up. You, there's contracts made at tables. You get betrayed. Because we're mixing law and grace. Should I tell you why we cannot mix law and grace? I'll get to the... That, this is one, one of the most recent things the Lord has shown me. Um, and that is in the book, Diagnosing Your Family Tree. I was writing the book, Diagnosing Your Family Tree, and all of a sudden, about halfway through, God starts me writing this whole thing about law and grace, law and grace, law and grace. I thought, God, this doesn't fit in this book. Just kept writing. <laughs> Here's the deal. This is why people are so confused about who God is. Because God is good. 
The law is good. Jesus Christ died on the cross and said it is finished. You and I do not get to heaven by being good. Then why are we so busy trying to be good all the time and so mad at ourselves for not being perfect? Because we're making our life all about me and my sin. That's the wrong gospel. Going back. Jesus said it's finished. What was finished? The law was satisfied, completed. The law was never intended to be the justification instrument. It's like when you go in the bathroom, you look in the mirror, you see that big smudge on your face, and you say, oh, I need to wash my face. You don't wash your face with the mirror, do you? Do you? The law is the mirror. It shows you your sin. What washes you? You willfully take the water and wash your face. What is the water? The word of God. Amen. So Jesus said the law is finished. That's why there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. We are under the covenant of grace. When you mix grace and works, you're mixing grace and law. Law says thou shalt not and da-da-da. Law is good. Law is not a sin. But law, let's see if I can find that, is um, <clears throat> given, it was actually given as a protection. Hold on. It was given as a protection to the Old Testament people. Law was given as a protection because the devil and God are always at war. And the devil was trying to come. He goes up to heaven. He's the accuser of the brethren. He goes up there to talk about you, tattle on you, get you in trouble. Don't you think he does? What did he do with Job? You know the story. So he's trying to always present his case against you to God. And he will come and say, he went, in, you know, in the Old Testament, he said, well, God, they're disobeying you. They're following me. I get to do with them what I want because they're not listening to you. God says, well, I'm going to have to make this a whole lot more clear. Here's the deal. Here's the law. The Ten Commandments, the tabernacle. Guys, kids, stay in that pen. If you're in that pen and the devil comes and accuses you uh, uh, to me, I'll say, no, they're still there. They're mine. They're still obeying me. Leave them alone. But the devil's trying to lure them out with idolatry and all kinds of heathen practices so that the devil could snatch them up with an agreement. Yes. And once the devil has that agreement, then he has a right to beat you up, even though he lied to you to do it. <clears throat> he lies. But for a Christian, here, let me just go. Here it says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, it says, uh, let's see, O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain of the Lord. So the sting of sin is the law. That poison that bites you, that bumblebee that stings you, that poison, that sting, comes from breaking the law. Now, you say, well, this is pretty boring, but this is very important. This is probably the most important thing you'll ever understand. Jesus said it's finished, guys. You're free, you're mine. It's a salvation, it's a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You were all locked up, kidnapped, lost, and here it is. Take it, it's yours. Because why? 
because he loves us, right? But if you and I, after we're saved, we're in that New, Te New Testament, New Covenant, we go back under the law, Satan says, yes. Because Satan loves the law. He breaks the law. He's the biggest lawbreaker. He's the biggest tattletale. But he has to use the law. He uses the law to catch us. So here's how it goes. You're a Christian. Now, just because you're saved doesn't mean you're not trickable. Doesn't mean you won't get tricked. And it, won't mean, it doesn't mean you won't fall for another lie. When you believe the lie, then you sin. So Christians sin. We sin after we're saved. You can go with uh, that one, if I'm, if I'm saved, why am I still sinning? Big, bad problem for a lot of people who believe they have to be perfect after they're saved. But there's, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, so the devil tricks you, lies to you, gets you to take the bait like the little fish, hungry little fish. The only fish that's going to get caught is the hungry little fish. And that deceiver, called the fisherman, knows exactly what the fish is looking for, if he's a good deceiver. What kind of bait? What depth? You know, what kind of rod? What kind of lure? You know, what kind of lake? Whatever. So is the fish bad because the fish is hungry? Well, too bad for the fish anyway. He ends up in the frying pan, right? He's hungry, but he gets the one that gets eaten. Amen. That's what happens with us all the time. So we want so hard to be good, 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 but the devil sets up the lie to look like something that's good or okay. Now, after he gets you to sin, what happens when you sin? What's the next thing that happens? Usually you, what? Where's guilt from, heaven or hell? Okay. Guilt says, I did something bad. I broke the law. Right? Now, who gave us the law? Hmm? God gave us the law. So you broke God's law. Therefore, God is what? Mad at you. God is not mad at you. He absolutely knew you were going to fall for that. But the devil, his, he gets two for one here. Not only does he get you to feel bad about yourself, he now gets you to believe God is mad at you. So now you can't go back to God because you broke God's law. That's why God says, don't use the law anymore. The law is satisfied. It's done. It was temporary. It's a, you're in the New Testament. I've given you grace. What do you do? You've got kids, some of you. What do you do when your kids sin? And you know they will. You know they're going to take the bait. They're going to fall for it. They're going to do something stupid. You know it. You were a kid yourself. That, that's why you know. They're going to do something stupid. So what do you do? Throw them out? Throw them away? What do you do? Teach them. Love them. But what if your child, after you, you know, they were afraid of you, and they broke some... They broke the favorite vase or something. And then you said, who did this? And they felt they had to lie to you, hide from you, leave home, couldn't talk to you anymore. How would you feel as a parent? All over a vase. Really bad. Because your child believed a lie about you. And that's exactly what the devil is. He loves to make us believe lies about our father. If you knew how much God, if we knew how much God loved us, you wouldn't have another single problem down here. 
The only thing you would want to do is help other people get out of their problems. And the only problem we have is the problem we think we have. I have no problems because God is my father. He has all the solutions. I can rest. It is okay. And when I break a law, what do I do? I confess, oh, God, you know what? I fell for that. You're right. I confess it. You're right, God. I believe the lie. I repent. I change my mind. I say, that devil's a liar. And God, I'm not mad at you. You're good. And you're not mad at me. As a matter of fact, I read a couple places in John today where God doesn't judge anybody. We know he will judge. He is a just God. And he will not permit this horrible, wicked, vile stuff to go on. But right now, Jesus said in John chapter, the Gospel of John chapter 3, he says, you're condemned already. I didn't come to condemn you. Devil wants us to think God is our enemy and the devil's our friend. When we did that interview, the, um, the one video is a, a, a docudrama, documentary, um, we went to the streets of Anoka, which is called the Halloween capital of the world in Minneapolis area. And um, so we went on the streets back in, I don't know, 2002 or three or something. <clears throat> and we, it was near Halloween time, and we wanted to interview the people. So we said, we're coming back tomorrow night with our cameras, and whoever you know, wants to talk about the devil, our question is going to be, who is the devil? So if you want to be on camera and tell us who the devil is, who you think he is, whatever, come. So we had people coming. And, and one set of people said, he is your very best friend. He will give you whatever you want. Absolutely correct. Another one came and says, well, you know, I followed the devil, and then I participated in a human sacrifice. And he was shaking. He was sweating. He was just, he, you know, he asked not to have his face on camera, so you'll see him only from his neck down. So... Is the devil all that wonderful? No. But if the devil knows that you know who God is and what's going on and that God is calling us to do the work that has to be done, then we will be happy that we can be part of God's kingdom and do what you were built and created to do in the first place. Anybody else? One more question. Yes. Why won't the local churches now preach against why won't they preach against divorce? Well, why don't you think they will preach against divorce? Because my wife has no biblical grounds for divorce, and yet she's still filed, and the church she's going to supports it. Well, you know, when people sin, they have believed lies. So you ask the Lord, what are you going to do in this situation? What are, what's the lie your wife is believing that causes her to file what is the temptation that's going on in your life? Are you being tempted to not forgive her, get mad at the church? I, you know, the churches are, in so many ways, they're not doing what the Bible says. There's just many, many examples, and we can get all hung up in that. But the most important thing for you is, what is your attitude? What is the truth Jesus wants you to know? And how will this make your life more like Jesus? That's what we want to know, because when we go through hard things, how many in here have been through at least one hard thing in your life? Oh, good. That's pretty unanimous. Not you? <laughs> oh, how many people have been through one hard thing in their life? Okay. So, why did that happen to you? Because you're bad? Because why then? Life? 
the devil attacks the believers. I just finished reading a book. I recommend it to all of you. Um, there's, in America, we just don't talk about the devil. It's just not cool. We play with him all the time. We celebrate his holidays. We dress up on his, on his holidays. We, we go to his movies, his horror movies. We invite him into our houses with what we eat and what we look at and what we listen to in our music. But there's no devil. But in Africa, in Africa, they know. They don't know God altogether. Some of them do. But they know the devil will kill them because he's real. The devils in America are very smooth, intellectual, sophisticated, high-tech, but just as deadly. Why are you laughing back there? But you know what? My television set's, television set's pretty high-tech, and God can send messages to it, and the devil can send messages. But you know what? There are spirits. I'll, I'll throw you for a loop. There, there, are, there are demons out there who are that is their expertise. They're this part, the, uh, we saw them all marching, standing in a row when we came into Decatur area, those big towers that had the horns on them. They look like demons to me. The prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. Technology is from basically from hell. Out. You're good. Thank God. I got technology here, man. It's being used for the kingdom of God to advance God's kingdom. But some of that stuff is impossible to understand. It doesn't, there's no human brain that can tell you how to do that stuff. It's just, you know. You, how, does that, how, does that, how does that connect with that? How does that work? It's spiritual. It's a lot more spiritual. And now with their high tech, they're, they're cloning people and crossing kinds and, and creating transhumans and cyborgs and um, just like they were doing in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very fascinating story, but we won't get onto that one tonight, but I'll talk to you later about that. All right. Any more, um, one more question that we have to have answered before we can go on? Oh, the name of the book is The Witch Doctor, The Man Under the Sea. This man actually was a fourth generation witch, wizard. And we think it's so cute. Oh, let's get him a wizard wand for Christmas. Let's take him to the Mall of America and get all this. I was going to say a word, but I won't say the word. For our little kids. You're introducing them to the kingdom of darkness through Harry Potter and vampires and Buffy and all this movie. And we just don't even think anything more of it. What you look at, what you put in your mouth, what you put in your ears, you have come into agreement with. You say, well, I'm not making any agreements with the devil. Oh, yes, you are. You eat junk food, you're agreeing with the junk demons. That stuff that you're eating, some of us that you think is food, is that on God's recommended food list? What did he say in the garden? What was the very first three commandments God gave? Adam and Eve. Yep, be fruitful and multiply. What else? Next. Don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And 
But before he even said what not to eat, he said what to eat. He says, eat the fruit with the seed in it and the herbs, the green herbs. So is Diet Pepsi on God's recommended food list? So are you tempting God? Like Jesus said, Don't, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God when the devil says, well, jump down off the temple and God will catch you because his angels have charge of you. Uh, what did Jesus say? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So you want to be healthy and fit and spiritually alive and you're giving yourself the devil's food and you can't stop. Come on. You say, well, that's not very spiritual. Hey, what you put in your mouth is what you come into agreement with. It makes you sick. It doesn't give your body what it needs. If you don't believe me, just read the book Cravings. We are, and you know what? Back to the, the word occult. You know what the word occult means? It means hidden knowledge. What was Eve's sin? She wanted to know more. What was on that tree? The occult is wanting to know more. Wanting to have power. There are only two power sources in the world. Guess what they are? Gods and the devils. If you're not plugged into God's power source, then who are you plugged into? And you're going to have to pay the devil your light bill. Amen? Witchcraft. All kinds of lies. And you know what the biggest lie behind witchcraft is, speaking about lies? You think, well, I don't believe in any lies. I, be I, bet you've, I bet you've, and I've said this one. Have you ever said, it's up to me? It's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me. I got to do it. If I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. It won't get done. That's witchcraft. Control. Manipulation. Rebellion. Fear. Not trusting God. We've all done it. So it's not always, you know, the pointed hat with a little wart on the nose and the black, you know. It's, that's not what witchcraft is necessarily. It's rebellion. It's, it's divination. Divination is a nasty little thing. That's why God gave us discerning of spirits. Yes. Divination is Acts 16, 16. Paul's coming to town. This has happened to me in a couple of times in different meetings. Come to town, and this woman sitting in the audience with Paul was saying, these are the men of the Most High God who bring us the way of salvation. These are the men of the Most High God who bring us the way of salvation. And she kept following him around. And she was practicing professional fortune-telling on the weekends. So she's advertising for Paul during the week, and then she's going practicing fortune-telling on the weekends. And Paul got annoyed. He said, well, that wasn't very spiritual. I think that was great. When you get in the presence of a spirit of divination, and you can't quite figure out what is bugging you about that situation or that person, if you're getting annoyed by it, mark it down. It's the spirit of divination. What is divination? It's a specific kind of deception that doesn't come and boldface lie to you, which mostly the devil never, you know, he never outright tries to poison you. He usually slips it in with a beefsteak. Few drops of arsenic on a on a beefsteak is way much better way to poison somebody than giving them a shot glass full of arsenic and say, "Here, drink it. I want to kill you." But divination looks like this: I'm your friend. I'm come to help you. I'm, you know, um, 
you know, I've been praying for you. I, you know, you're, you're, you know, I love your meetings. You're just, oh, da, da, da. And underneath, underneath, they're lying. Mm -hmm. Underneath is a spirit of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. Witchcraft. Come to split the church. They come with flattery. They come with cunning. They come to get up next to the people who are in, you know, high places. And they, they lie to them and they, they put their webs around them and they destroy them. I'm working with a big church right now. God has graciously blessed us to be able to do that. But they had a spirit of African witchcraft come in there as a spirit of Jezebel. And she was the head of the intercessors. And that didn't go very well. But they let her there for too long. That wasn't all the problem. But now it's just a flattened mess because she pretended to be a help to the pastor. So kind, so available, so there, ta-ta-ta. One of the pastors is dead. The other ones are having trouble. Not good. This is serious business. Yes. Okay. All right. Any more questions? I love them. Makes it easy for me because I can just talk. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, the devil is a copycat. For everything that God has that's true, the devil will have an imitation. You notice God has real strawberries? And the devil has imitation strawberries? Okay, so I, I C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, these guys were writing parables, stories, trilogies, uh, analogies, Big, long epics. What was the one that they did? Um, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings. I mean, some of that stuff is like, I can't even, I don't know who they're meaning it to represent. That would be nice if I'd know, well, this is this and this is that, you know, but I can't quite figure, all I know is this big bad battle. But the, the, the gist of that story is returning the ring, getting rid of it, the greed of men, overcoming through love, blah, blah, blah. Well, see, Harry Potter is not that. Harry Potter exonerates, lifts up witchcraft, wizardry, and draws in little kids to think, I want to go to the Harry Potter witchcraft, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft. Now we know that's old and there's worse things. Now we've got vampires and we've got, you know, wanting to, to date vampires and, 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 and have a child with a vampire. And God, have mercy on us. What is that? Foul. That's going back to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 is the reason God sent the flood. You think God is so mean and insane for sending the deluge, huh? God did us a big favor. Because in Genesis 6, 1, it talks about the sons of man coming into the daughters of, of, the sons of God coming into the daughters of men. And I used to read that and think, well, who are these sons of God and daughters of men? They must be two different groups of people or different, you know, groups or is God just favoring the boys and not the girls? Or what is this? But these were the fallen angels. Yes. These were the sons of God who were later called the watchers. Mm -hmm. But they came down. There was 200 of them in the book of Enoch, which is a book that is referred to by the Bible in the book of Jude, the book of Peter, 
they talk about the book of Enoch. Enoch was the, the seventh generation from God. He was a very righteous man. He, didn't, he walked with God for 365 years, and God took him. He didn't die. Well, Enoch was raptured, so to, so to speak, up into heaven, and God showed him the back story. Now, it's interesting that he wrote the book of Enoch and all this stuff in there, what he saw, what went on, how it happened, where the angels fell, the whole nine yards. We don't have the major amount of that. We got references to that in the Bible. But nothing in the book of Enoch is contrary to anything in the Bible. There's no, it doesn't come against the cross, the blood, salvation. As a matter of fact, in the, in the, in the book of Enoch, they, call, they don't say Jesus Christ, they say the Son of Man. So the book of Enoch was quite obviously on the coffee tables of the people that were hanging around with Jesus because pff, they cut and pasted a bunch of it into the book of Jude and stuff like that, and Jude was Jesus' half-brother. Did you know Jesus had brothers? Okay, some people don't, especially if you're Catholic like me. I was freaked out. I thought it was a holy family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, that was it. He had, there was about seven or eight kids in that family, holy buckets. <laughs> and some of them were his, actually his apostles. Um, but anyway, so back to the watchers. So when they had the sexual relations with the daughters of men, these 200 demons, and the book of Enoch names, names the 20 captains who made this covenant on Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is on the 33rd and the 3rd parallel longitude and latitude. A third of the angels fell. Hermon means the place of the covenant. Mount Hermon is still there today. When Jesus walked on the earth, it's very interesting. I thought it was kind of a, he was kind of a, to the devil. He went to Mount Hermon, it was a Caesarea Philippi, and there he said to the disciples, by the way, that place is still a heathen pagan place today where they have the gods of Pan and all this other stuff going on. Jesus said, right in that spot where they failed to make this covenant to destroy the work of God, he said, guys, apostles, disciples, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church to the devil. I mean, you know, right there in that very spot, Jesus was always doing things very with a very specific situation in mind. And back to the watchers. So when they had the, this offspring, they were called the men of renown, the giants, Nephilim, back in Genesis. Um, I'll read it to you. So what happened was when God said in Genesis, uh, the first very couple of chapters, he said, this kind is going to be after its kind, and this kind is going to be after its kind, and this kind after its kind. Why was he getting he, that? It's a little redundant. He says, dogs stay with dogs, cats stay with cats, birds stay with birds, you know, chickens stay with chickens. Not going to cross them. What are they doing in technology today? Pigs with glowworms and goats with spiders and green glowing pigs. That's what they got. What's that? And, and cows that are crossed with human DNA, cloned cows. What are, they, what are we doing? Back then, okay, so in Genesis 6, he says, in verse uh, 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days will be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men of renown, the men of old, the men of renown. Giants, Nephilim, they are half human, half demon, or devil. Now, 
Why did the devil do that? Because back in Genesis, where God said he would put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. By the way, the serpent, the devil, has seed. Jesus talked about that in John 8, where he says, you are of your father the devil. If that weren't true, that was a pretty nasty thing for him to say, and he didn't lie. So, anyway, so when Satan heard that this woman, there was going to be a woman, don't know which woman, some woman, the seed is going to, she's going to bring forth the head crusher. That made him a little panicky. We got to figure this out. Oh, too hard to figure out which woman this could be because God didn't say when or who or where. So he said, well, we'll just mess up all the DNA so that Jesus can't come out of the human seed because he'd be, you know, we'll get it all messed up so it'll be all the human DNA will be half demon. He almost got it accomplished. He, went, he got down to the generation of Noah. It says, and Noah was the only one left. Um, the Lord was sorry that he made man. And Noah will found grace, verse um, 8, in the sight of the Lord. <clears throat> this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah waited, walked with God. Noah was the only guy left with perfect DNA. His wife was the daughter of, the son of, Enoch. So they had pretty good DNA going on there. So they had the three boys with good DNA, and they took their wives out of the, I think they were also some holy relatives or something. But anyway, everybody else's DNA was bad, infested. Not only that, what, but the scientific experiments that had gone bad were creating all of these stupid reptile-crossed animals and messy things that were eating the people. The giants back in the day, the giants, after they came on the earth, they were very big, bigger than 35 feet tall, way bigger. And they were crushing the humans and eating them. And God was mad. And the enemy, the devil, the watchers, had shown the humans many secrets, like the constellations and how to make weapons. And God was angry. And God said, okay, you giants, you get to live 500 years. That's it. Then you're going to kill yourselves because nobody else could kill them because they couldn't kill them. They're too big. And he said, and the watchers, your parents, your dads, are going to watch. This is getting back to your question. So the watchers were locked up for 70 generations after their, parent, their, their, their kids, the giants, the Nephilim, killed themselves off. So the good angels locked up the bad angels in Tartarus <clears throat> for 70 generations. And if you do the math, and remember now, these are the, 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 the angels that were showing technology and root cuttings and stars and constellations and da-da-da-da-da. That, if you do the math, it works out to they were released at the time of approximately World War I. 70 generations times 70 years approximately per generation, 4,090. They were locked up at approximately the year 1,000 from the beginning. It was like 946 or something like that, or 996 or something. Anyway, we'll call it 1,000. So they were locked up, so you put 1,000 plus 4,900 makes 5,900 years. But you back it up because we have to start over. And what do you get? 
1900. Because you have to subtract the 2000 because we started over. So back about the time of World War I, when we have the, notice what the weaponry was before that war. What did they use in the Civil War? They ran at each other with swords and cannons. What were they doing in World War I? Ships and planes and that was only like 40, was it, what, Civil War 65? It was only like, what, 50 years later? What happened? That's a lot of progress in 50 years. You talk to the old timers nowadays, they're, they're shocked at the amount of technology that they have seen in their lifetime. Well, that's because knowledge is increasing. And these are the spirits who are the, God, the prince of the power of the air. And they're just, you know, people who play video games, their brains are being re rewired. They're being reprogrammed. This stuff, this technology, computer screens and, and phones and all this stuff that we can't live without now. Your life is not simple anymore. Where is the time when we wait on God and seek God and rest in God and we're all hyperactive and are the, the towers and the waves and the people are affected by that, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Did you want to say something? Yeah, you were saying that the, uh, fall, the fallen angels are the demons. They're the, the, they're the, the watchers. Are, yeah, they're the fallen angels. Yeah, the watchers and fallen angels are the same thing. From my opinion, the fallen angels, they're created beings. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But they had relationships with humans. humans. And my thought is that the demons came from the... That's right. The demons are not the same as the devil. That's what you're wanting to say, I think. Because the demons are the offspring. See, because yes. when... Cause when these giants died. Thank you for that point. When the giants died, their spirits, or souls, I suppose, whatever, couldn't go anywhere particularly. They couldn't go to heaven because they weren't human. They couldn't go to paradise and wait. And they couldn't really go to hell because they weren't, they weren't completely demon or, or devil. So they're the demons. So they're the evil spirits and the demons that we deal with now. So when Jesus came down here, most of the time, when you read it in the King James, he's talking about he's casting out demons. These are the disembodied spirits that don't have a place. That's what you're dealing with. It's a disembodied spirit. That's, that's why they need a body to be able to do their stuff. If they are addicted to nicotine, they've got to find some human body to smoke their cigarettes and buy them for them. And then you're trying to quit, which you can't stop, and you hate yourself for it, and it's a demon. But you go to treatment, and you go to the program, and you get the Nicorette gum, and you put the patch on, and you get the 1995 kit, and you still can't kick the thing because you've not dealt with it yes. like a demon. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So if that's the case, if that's the case, when you draw a demon out of someone, you're going to have to cast it in something like Jesus did, like pig. No, he didn't. You just cast them into the fiery pit if they have to live in something else. Well, here's what I do. I just send them to the pit, and I tell them they have to stay there. Whether the Lord enforces that or not, I don't, that's his deal. Yeah, because we're not fighting really flesh and blood. I mean, it's not really mm -hmm. a demon in a flesh. It's the spirit form of the demon, right? Yeah, our, it says we, yeah, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But, see, the devils will set people up in, to bump, bunt heads, bump heads with each other, so you think you're fighting against... The girl down the hall or the, 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 the ex this or that or the, you know, whatever. 
but you're, ta you're really dealing with their demons. Yes. There are three different categories of, practically speaking, of demons. There are, first of all, two ways to name the devil. You name the devil by what he does. These are both given to us by Jesus, by what he does. This, uh, the Mark 9 is a good story. Uh, the little boy that was brought by his father to Jesus, and Jesus said um, he cast out a mute spirit, an unclean spirit, a deaf and dumb spirit. These are the names of spirits. He's also talked about the spirit of stupor, the spirit of infirmity. Jesus cast a spirit of infirmity out of the woman, and then she was able to walk. A, a spirit of a paralysis. You name the devil by what he does. Yes. If you're plagued by a spirit of anxiety or depression, when you're talking to people and counseling with them, ask them, listen, and write down what they say. Because what they say is they're actually naming their demons for you. I can... I can, I, I'm never going to make it. I'm afraid. Just, I just write things. Okay, so who said that? I'm never going to make it. Is that the Holy Spirit talking to you? Did the Holy Spirit say that? Yeah. He's going to do all things through Christ's strength. That's right. So who said I'm never going to make it? Who's got you believing that that's just, you're just a loser? That's right. So you ask the person, who said that? Or you can ask the devil, who are you? Where are you from? Heaven or hell? He will if you tell him he's got to tell the same truth he tells on Judgment Day. If they know that you know, they, were, they, they, they pretty much cooperate. Once in a while, they'll lie to you or they'll try to, but you just got to put your foot down and say, no, mm -mm. this is not arrogance. This is just practical Christian stuff. Jesus did it. He said, go. He, what, he gave us a job list. He said, I'm going. Here's, the, here's your five things I want you to do. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Yes. Amen. Five things. So what are we doing in the church? Getting beat up. Getting sick. Getting discouraged. Wondering what we should do. Getting bored for crying out loud. How can you be bored when you're walking with God? There is just no time for it. I got so much stuff to do, I can't even keep up with it all. Right. And it's all fun. Right, Des? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, seriously, there's no reason, there's no way you can be bored. There's always something to, to be doing or being, you know, it's not that we're doing, doing, doing either. It's just being and abiding and up comes the circumstances. So you name the devil by what he does. You also name the devil by what he holds on to. And this is the strong man Jesus talked about in Matthew 12 and Luke 11. Matthew 12 is a very interesting chapter because um, he hits a whole bunch of stuff in Matthew 12, probably one of my favorite chapters. You should read that and just re How do you read your Bible? Just gonna, Oh, I got to read 12 passages today. I got to get through it. You know, I got to hurry. I'm late. Um, you know, what if you get three words read today and they really sink in? Does that count? Good. All right. Matthew 12. So Jesus, he's always confronting <clears throat> the Pharisees and the scribes. They're always setting him up and seeing if they can trap him, catch him in his words. So um, so he, they're, they're criticizing his uh, disciples for walking through the grain fields, and they're pulling their fingers through. And they're, you know, have you ever done that? If you see the farmers, they do that. They'll walk through the grain field and they'll catch a handful of grain, throw it in their mouth and start chewing it. 
And the reason they do that is because they're wanting to see if the wheat is ready or if the oats is ready yet. They can tell by how it works in their mouth, I guess. So anyway, they were hungry, so they were doing that. So the, the, the Pharisees, they um, saw that, and they began to, uh, and, they, and the Pharisees saw it. They said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. What was not lawful on the Sabbath? Work. Jesus said, well, have you not heard what David did on the Sabbath? When he, or, I'm sorry, not, when he was hungry, not on the Sabbath necessarily. He was hungry, and those were with him. How that he entered into the house of God and ate the showbread for crying out loud. Should have been struck right down dead, don't you think? He didn't die. God knew he was hungry. Okay, then he says, or have you read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple don't profane it? They profane it and they're blameless. They have to do all these sacrifices. That is a lot of work, butchering animals on Sunday, on the Sabbath. That is tons of work. But they're blameless. Then he says, verse 7, But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Going back to what is the devil doing all the time? What's his favorite thing to do? Begins with a C. Condemn. Okay, us. Because he's jealous of us. Okay. All right. <clears throat> And he says, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Then it gets really exciting because now he went from there into the synagogue. So they're going to go in to church. There was a man who had a withered hand. And they said to him, I suppose they set this guy right up front where Jesus would have to see him. And they're going to see what's Jesus going to do. And they said to him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? What a bunch. What a bunch. That they might accuse him. So Jesus said, now Jesus had these one-liners. He always answered a question with a question. He said to them, what man of you, there's among you, who has one sheep, and if his sheep falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Okay. I got a man here, got a sheep, you got a sheep there. What are you going to do for your sheep? Well, of course you know what they're going to do. That sheep's worth money. That's my pet sheep. Whatever. Then he says, How much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. This is where the law, legalism, pushed them to the, 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 the point of ridiculous, where now it's not even okay to heal somebody on the Sabbath. Because it might be work. That is the work of darkness. So, going on, he goes through this chapter, and he gets to the place where he casts out a devil. <clears throat> in verse 20, uh, let's see. Um, he knew their thoughts in verse 25. Every kingdom divided against itself. He had just cast out a demon. And they said, you did that by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus said, the devil would not divide his own house. He's not going to cast out a demon by a demon. But he is going to set you up in opposition to divide your house by setting you up in opposition to yourself, which he does. And that's how we get to the three different kinds of demons. There's the strong man. I was talking to the girls about the strong man, Jesus talks about, who comes to plunder the house. He comes impersonating you to yourself. 
using the first person I. He says things like, I am stupid, I'm no good, I'm never going to make it, I'm depressed, I give up, I'm a loser. All the ways that you were programmed. Okay? And he comes talking in the first person as me. You are not a me. You are an I am, created in the image of the great I am. You're not a me. So the strong man that we were talking about earlier is the one who is impersonating you to yourself to get you to believe that you're believing what you're thinking and feeling. When God created us in his image, he created us in his image. Amen. He did. To love what he loves and hate what he hates. But then we were born and thrown into the snake pit of life. We are a being called a human being. We're not called a human doing. Although we do, 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 do. We're called a human being. But when we're thrown into the snake pit, Satan wants to psychologically recondition us and reprogram us to believe I am what I do. I am what I think. I am what I feel. I am what I say. I am what other people say about me. I am what happens to me. If Satan can get you to believe that you are what you do, all he has to do is get you to sin, and now he can call you a sinner. And your sinful human nature becomes the predominant operating system, the body of death. The Bible doesn't call us or tell us we have a sinful human nature. It says that we are created in the image of God. And that our behavior, Romans 7, 3, or I mean Romans 3, you know, there's none righteous, no, not one, all of a sudden comes short of the glory of God, da, 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 da. That's all about behavior. Jesus said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost, not that which was depraved. We are enslaved, according to Paul, not depraved. We're doing the things we don't want to do, as was the Apostle Paul, when he realized, wait a minute, with my inward man, I agree with the law of God that it is good, but I see a war going on inside of me, the one who wills to do good. With my inward man, I agree with God, I get, that's where I came from, I get that, but I see this war going on in my members. What are your members? Anything inside of you, your frequencies, your kidneys, your mind. Do you suppose the devil can mess with your frequencies? Oh, you bet he can. Now you're trying to get over an addiction, and the devil's messed up and screwed up your frequencies and your megahertz, and how are you going to self-control yourself to get your frequencies fixed, especially if you're still eating junk food? And not taking your minerals. By the way, if you're addicted to sugar and can't go to, you need minerals. Simple bottom line, you need minerals. Their, your body is made up of what? Minerals. Dust, water. What's the dirt made out of? Minerals. You gotta have them. Otherwise, your body's gonna take them from your teeth, take them from your bones. And then you're going to run to the doctor. He's going to give you some terrible medicine that actually wrecks your bones. Please, go to the Lord. Yes. Start eating your food like God says. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're off the subject. On to the subject. The strong man who impersonates you is the first impersonator. We have another strong man, set of strong men, I call... <clears throat> Let's back up one thing. I told you there's two ways to name the devil, and I only gave you one. The second way, the first way was by what they do. The second way is by what they hold on to. We call those territorial spirits. Powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness, and high places. These are 
the, the hierarchies, they're arranged in government systems like our normal world. There's one over Decatur, or maybe a bunch. There's some over Illinois. There's some over this region of the United States. There's some, they're, they're arranged in a hierarchy. There's some on your street. There's some on that intersection where everybody keeps always having a car accident. So these are called territorial spirits. They say, well, how do you know that? Well, see, because in Daniel 10.10, when the, the angel Gabriel was sent to Daniel, Daniel lived in Persia, and the angel Gabriel was to send, uh, give him a message of the end times, and Gabriel couldn't get through because the prince of Persia, demon, ruling spirit, <clears throat> was holding him back. So Gabriel went and got Michael, the archangel, so I bet you there was a little clashing of swords about that time. It would have been fun to see that. The angels really do this, you guys. They really do. For us. So they got that opening. Gabriel got in, and then he said to Daniel, got to get going, because now the prince of Greece is after me. So Persia went to get Greece, his ally, next country over, to see if they could stop Gabriel from getting back through. I don't think it worked, because Gabriel showed up again with Mary tell her about being the mother of Jesus, so I think Gabriel made it. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> so those are the territorial spirits, and I talked about the strong man using the name of your, of your person. If you have more than one name, he might, they might all try to use them. If you're named after somebody in your family, you will get their familiar spirits if they're passed away for sure. Like if you have a middle name of somebody who's, they were named James, and you got the middle name James, all the demons who say, yep, that was with my, I was with that James. I get to be with this James. I have more rights than you. Get out of here. Because they fight to get in. So you mark it down. Um, if you're royal blood, you're going to have more troubles. We'll talk about the generational stuff on whatever night that we're all getting back to, together again. Was it tomorrow night or the next night? Anyway, so those are the territorial spirits. You name them by the names of the things they hold on to. Now, I'll just give you something about that. You... Don't go tearing down everybody else's strongholds and get the roof coming down on your head. You deal where you have authority. If you live here, you have an authority here. You have more authority here in some ways than I do, but I have the same authority temporarily because God has given it to me to come here. So, but if, you, you know, if God assigns you to go somewhere else like he did me, then go obediently. But it's really the people in that location that have the ongoing issue to deal with. It's like they get to deal with what's going on in their place. Then, <clears throat> so that's what you name the devil, by what he does and what he holds on to. Now, we talked about the three types of demons. We talked about the strong man who impersonates you to yourself. Second group, the, the demons who impersonate God to us. These are alive and well in the church today. They're the liars who pretend you have seen the fakiest services sometimes. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's a lie, and yet people are just, oh, oh, did you feel the presence? <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something. The devil can do a better altar call than most ministers, almost than, probably the, than the best ministers. He's done it. Do you think he really wants to get people saved? Absolutely not. He's a liar. But he comes to stir up confuse, deceive in our services, and we think what we have is God. And we bite into it, and we don't discern. That's why our churches are sick, and that's why there's no power. So there's no power, so we have to get some fake stuff going on that looks like the real stuff. 
God said he will, he will confirm his word with signs and wonders following. That's it. And the third type of impersonators are the ones who impersonate you to each other. I call them the third person impersonators. <clears throat> You're married. And you got this constant, you just can't seem to get through to talk to your mate because it just, it always hits something. It's just like, it doesn't go in. They don't get it. They don't get what you're saying. It's just like, you're running into a third person impersonator that is creating a false impression or a filter of that person to you and you to that person. So in other words, instead of really hearing what they're saying, you're hearing what you think they're saying. And then you get offended. And then instead of them listening to you, they're hearing what they think you're saying, and they get offended with you. So you're just like hitting the wall. Because the demons have created in both of you a false person, an impression, a filter. So that every time you're trying, you, how many of you could say, how many times have you really seen your husband or your wife? How many times have you really known you really got through to them? Probably you've married a while. Maybe you got through five times out of 25 years. Very little. Those of you who aren't married yet, be scared. Ah, is that what happens? <laughs> Seriously. My husband and I had that situation going on. And um, <clears throat> it was a while back, years ago. But when we talked about it and we realized it, that we were being tricked, by this demon we call the third person impersonator, that we told him to go. The light of God's truth makes manifest the hidden works of darkness. So we got it. We saw it. I'm not saying he doesn't try to come back, and I'm not saying you know we don't fall for it sometimes. Maybe we fall for it a lot yet, but we at least know about him. At least we have that now, that ability to deal with that. So, okay. What time is it? All right, how long do you guys want to stay here? I'll run through, a, I'll run, huh? Seven? Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about why there's no healing. Well, this is about healing and deliverance in the church, or healing and deliverance, Bible strategy for it. And it starts with sin. And then, when I'm done with this PowerPoint, then we will do some what I call ministry or demonstrations. If people want ministry, everybody won't get ministry but at this point in time, but if you want to, you can. And if you have to take a break and go to the bathroom, go, because I'm just going to keep going. Okay, because this is the army, right? All right. Healing and deliverance comes through identifying the contracts and breaking the curses made with the kingdom of darkness. We talked about the lies. How do you believe lies? When do you believe lies? How do the lies get into you? They come when you're in the pit. Remember Paul said, who will deliver me from this body of death? This operating software from hell? Where did that operating software, who will deliver me from this body of death? Where did hell, where did sin and, and death first come together in the human race? Adam and Eve. So where did Satan download this program into? Their big toe or their soul? Okay, so what's your soul made, out of, made up of? Your what? Mind, will, and emotions. So with your mind, you think. 
with your heart you feel, and with your will you make a decision. So by very virtue of saying I think, you're saying I think. Your mind can only think. Your mind cannot know anything for sure. The only thing your mind knows for sure is that it can't know anything for sure. So your mind is full of doubt. Your heart, or your heart is filled with fear, past experiences, things that went wrong. So you have fear in the heart, doubt in the head, and your will says, okay, well, what are we going to do? Because you say, I, I feel like I want to, but I don't think I will. So you're not even agreeing with yourself. So your will says, well, I'm confused. Doubt, fear, and confusion are from which kingdom, heaven, or hell? hell. How many kingdoms are there? Two. Do you have a kingdom? Yes. No, you don't. You're going to belong to one of those other two kingdoms. So that kingdom of me, myself, and my flesh that the, the church creates to be a third junk category just messes things up. Your computer only has two systems on and off. If there was a third option, do you think it would work? Would it work? No. Jared, would it work? No. Standby mode. Standby. <laughs> Stuck. Stuck. Not getting anywhere. Okay. So, so when the enemy tries to get us to use our soul to process what's going on, the three chief counselors of hell are going to be giving you directions. What's, what do you think? They're going to give you good directions on how to get to heaven? No. It's a waste of time. So they come to set up contracts. Some of these contracts were set up in your, in your mother's womb when you were in there. I'm afraid. I'm rejected. I'm not going to make it. All kinds of lies. I had one gal. Her parents, she was the, uh, well, they, she was the second child, but she actually is the oldest child because they had three baby, they had triplets, baby boys that were born but died. I think they must have died before they actually got born, but there was three boys. So the father was very upset and legalistic, and he says, and he had a lot of problems himself, but he says, okay, God, I want three more boys. Along comes a girl. They didn't like her. At least that's what the devil told them. And told her too. So in the womb, and all the time, she was just never accepted. Just had this pain of rejection on her all the time. So she was being programmed not to know that she was loved by God, but that she was not good enough, not acceptable, because she wasn't triplets, for crying out loud. How can you be triplets? How do you have anything to say with when you're born, where you're born, and what sex you are? But the devil makes it your fault unbelievable that we would believe that. You don't have a right to be here. Well, there's some people that actually don't believe they have a right to be here. Well, who brought you here? Who created you? Yeah. So does not God's bringing you here thoroughly justify you in being here? You didn't have to be born. God chose you to be born. You could have been, you could have been a rabbit. He could have made you a rock. You are a human being. Awesome. Made in the image of God. Okay, so these contracts and breaking the curses that have been set up, made with the kingdom, I'm stupid, I'm no good, I'm bad, etc., etc. Okay, now sin is anything, behavior, that separates us from God. Anything that separates you from God, from others, or from yourself is called sin. Sin brings consequences. Specific sins bring specific consequences. In Deuteronomy chapter 27, in the Old Testament, by the way, if you're going to live partly under the law and partly under grace, you're putting yourself in a, a messy place because the, the, those curses 
have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. But if you're good, now you say, well, that was God's law and I broke it and I am bad because I broke God's law. Now God is mad at me. What does God want you to know? Does God know you were tricked? Does, does God say in 1 John chapter 5 that he says, if my heart condemns me, John's talking, God is greater than my heart and knows all things. So if you condemn yourself, God says, well, I get the last vote. You, you can believe that lie, but I'm not going to condemn you. Jesus says, I've not come to condemn you. How many of you live with that condemnation, eating away in your mind constantly? That is a demon. Tell him to shut up. And tell him to go to hell. Seriously. He is trespassing. If you're a believer, he is the one in trouble. He is trespassing in the temple property of the Most High God. Just like a rat in your house. Unless that rat is paying your house payment for you, he is trespassing. <laughs> Unless his name is on that contract, that house mortgage, he's trespassing. You can live with them if you like, or you can kick him out. All right, in Deuteronomy 27, it says, he's listing the curses. Cursed is the one who makes a, grave, a carved or graved image. Why do you suppose God's so upset about molded images? Because he says, anytime you agree with the devil, you're going to get in trouble, kids. Curses the one who, um, oh, let's see. The hands of the craftsman curses and sets it up in secret. Curses the one who treats his father and mother with contempt. Curses the one who moves his neighbor's landmark or fence lines. Curses the one who makes the blind wander off the road. Curses the one who perverts the justice due to the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Curses the one who lies with his father's wife. Curses the one who lies with any kind of animal. Curses the one who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, the daughter of his mother. Curses the one who lies with his mother-in-law. Uh, cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly, curses the one who takes a, a bribe to slay the innocent, curses the one who does not conform to all the words of, the, of this law. And all the people said, Amen. So these are the sins that bring specific curses. In Deuteronomy, the next chapter, 28, it talks about the curses. You shall be cursed when you go in, when you come out, in your, in your kneading basket, in your kneading bowl, in your basket, uh, the fruit of your body, the um, sent on you cursing and confusion, rebuke, and all that you set your hand to do. For example, people say, oh, nothing ever goes right in my life. Uh, it's such bad luck. Nothing ever goes right. Well, right there, I'd say, you know what? There could have been somebody in my background, my bloodline, who did something back here that's causing this to keep coming down on me. And I'm going to ask the Lord to show me what it is. I'm going to confess it as a sin. I'm going to cancel out that agreement and then I'm going to repent of my own participation in it. So specific sins bring specific sicknesses. Um, I'll get into that a little more. I was going to talk about that, so maybe we'll get to it, but I'll give you an example. Back problems, oftentimes because of witchcraft. Why is that? How do you figure that? In the book Healing Manual, we did a whole lot of work with um, what specific physical maladies come from what lies. Henry Wright did a lot of work with that, fear, stress, and anxiety, but we go into what are the lies behind the fear, stress, and anxiety and where you began to agree with them. So witchcraft <clears throat> has to do with the back because the back is a, a column of authority. It's upright. There's the channel of authority. God has given his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when your vertebrae are out of whack. 
They're out of their the tweak. They're not in proper alignment. There's pain in your back because your body represents your spiritual condition as well. So when your back is out of whack and you're not, you're, you're, there's rebellion in the back, that's what witchcraft is. <laughs> Stiffness of neck. They refuse to bow to God, but they're bowing to demons. The sixth vertebrae is witchcraft. That's where the neck gets stiff at the sixth vertebrae. I have had people come into my office who were children of psychics, and they had terrible accidents on their sixth vertebrae that paralyzed them. <clears throat> and, and the one that guy that came in, he was a chiropractor before it happened. He did get a, a quite a bit better, actually. Um, breaking the curses, identifying the sin, disobedience against God, identifying the lie that brought the sin, confess the lie is sin, Forgive and release yourself and others. Cancel the agreement made with the lie. Declare the truth. This is kind of the, the recipe for getting free. First, you identify the sin. Don't deny it. Deal with it. And say, oh, oh well, you know, that's, I'm, just, I'm just human. Or I was just having a bad day. Uh, or oh, I just got out of bed on the wrong side. Or I'm just German or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Well, wait a minute. That's not how God made me. Okay, so I'm going to deal with... Okay, I, I've got this... What, what is my problem, Lord? What is my problem? What am I afraid of? Where did I first agree with that, Lord? Show me. Can I take you back to the memory? Well, okay, the lies in the memory. What's going on here? Every lie in that memory, every... Oh, there was confusion. There was anger. There was pain. There was, you know, abandonment. There was... Terror. Every one of those words is a demon that's come to bring a different lie. So you can ask him, terror, what was the lie you said, you told? Fear, what was the lie you told? Confusion, what was the lie you told? If you want to get that detail, then you can just kind of all bunch them all up and tell them to go. But, you know, they all have a different lie. But it's kind of helpful sometimes because they, they really try to program you with those lies. <clears throat> Confess the lies. Forgive. There's going to be always a need to forgive because the thing happens, that ha what happens is if the devil can keep you mad at somebody, he keeps the door open, the enemy can come in. Bitterness and unforgiveness are the two biggest doors that the devil tries to keep open. Forgiving them, releasing them. Forgiveness means to release them from your judgment. Forgiveness is not a feeling and you don't have to am have amnesia to believe you finally forgave somebody because you don't remember it anymore. Forgiveness means you turn the crime that was committed against you over to the judge. You stop judging it. You release them from your judgment. The best definition of forgiveness I've ever seen <clears throat> is to release that person from your judgment. Because when you judge them, you say, when something isn't fair, what do you say? That's not fair and I'm mad. Or you say, I'm mad because that's not fair. So you've judged the matter as being not fair and you're angry and anger wants you to fix it. This is justice, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Everybody knows that by the time they're three years old. You give the three-year-old, one three-year-old, a bigger cookie than the other one, they will know. <clears throat> Who taught them that? So justice is broken. Somebody punched out your eye and they get to keep their eye. Boy, that makes me mad. That's not fair. So I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get even. I'm going to judge it. 
So anger is two things, energy and a sensitivity to injustice. I'm going to make them put it back. When you use your energy, your ways to get it fixed, you just get in more trouble. God says, don't judge. Let me do the judging. Because if you judge, the devil's going to judge you right back. You judge your mother for being a bad mother, guess what? You're going to struggle with the same issues for in your own mothering if you're a mother. <clears throat> you know, your mother had arthritis and you don't, didn't like the way she parented you. You're going to get her arthritis. The devil's going to bring you onto something, something onto you. Judge not lest you be judged for with the same judgment you judge, you will be judged. The devil is a legalist. He doesn't miss an opportunity. So you have to take his opportunities away. Forgive. Turn it over to God. Trust God to make it fair. And then ask God to give you back what was stolen from you. What was stolen from you? Your honor, your peace, your hope, whatever. God, bring it back. Justice, truth, mercy. Get it back. Don't just say, oh, I forgive you. <clears throat> Get stuff back. <clears throat> declare, you break out, cancel the agreements, and you declare the truth. God, you're right. Your truth is right. Um, sicknesses and troubles are the consequences or judgments of the enemy that come as a result of disobedience against God. That's right. When, you, when the devil gets you to believe I'm guilty and you broke the law, if you don't do it the way God said, confess, repent, change your mind, if you just take on the guilt, guilt has three friends. Mm -hmm. Their names are pain, poverty, and sickness. Well, how do you know guilt has three friends? Well, how do you know, what does guilt say? You say, I'm guilty, I am what? If I'm guilty, I what? I, if I'm guilty, I what? I, hmm? I'm no good or I'm bad, okay. What else? I deserve punishment and I don't deserve good things. So, I deserve punishment. So pain comes in as for his Penalty and punishment and pain are all defined as the same in the Webster's Dictionary. Pain equals penalty. So you get, you get physical pain, emotional pain, because you're guilty, feeling bad. Or poverty comes in and says, you don't deserve that good thing because you're guilty. So it takes away all your blessings. Infirmity comes in and says, well, you said you're bad. Immune system says, well, I thought she was good. She's bad? Oh, I'm confused. God says she was good. But she says she's bad. Oh, okay, we'll go eat up the myelin cheese then. It's no big deal. We can give her a little MS. It's okay. So you get sick because your, your body, your immune system is now confused. <clears throat> and your immune system was given to you by God to protect and preserve that which is good. So if you're starting to talk to yourself and tell yourself you're no good, then you've listened to the lies. So specific sicknesses and maladies come often from specific sins, and we already talked about that. Sins... Sin is a behavior or a choice that separates us from God. Okay. Sin is a behavior. Sin is the fruit. The lie is the root. Does everybody know the difference between roots and fruit? What is the root? Okay. It supports the tree. What comes out of the tree? You're going to kill the tree by taking off the fruit? No. Or plucking out the root? You get to the sin. The sin is the issue here. I mean, the lie is the lie is the issue, not the sin. The sin will go away when you stop believing the lie. Jesus said, "You shall know the truth." He didn't say, "You shall stop sinning." He said, "You shall know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. Truth equals freedom, lies equal bondage. Bondage equals lies. You're in bondage to depression, you're believing lies. The lie of depression is, I've got to but I can't. Try harder, never enough. It's trying to solve the irresolvable conflicts that the devil has set up in your life, whatever it happens to be. Never good enough, always got to be perfect. What a waste of time, people. Your life is not about you. It's not about you getting rid of your sin. It's about Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. All right. Sins are the manifestations of the lies that we believe. So the sins are just the fruit. Um, Sin has often, you know, when we go to, when you go to the doctor, when you come to healing rooms, a lot of times people, <clears throat> they really don't look at sin as the cause or the culprit of the, of the problem. Many of our remedies are to deal with symptoms. I had this, because I'm old now. They sent me one of these generic, you know, what do they call them, these direct mailer things, where you can buy your drugs over in Canada for way cheaper and, and I was reading the prices of drugs, $300 for 60 days or 30 days, $1,000 for 90 pills. I'm, whoa. I ain't going to. That's ridiculous. How can people do that? Well, because your insurance pays for it. Well, really? Who pays the insurance? <sighs> anyway. So we don't, we want to deal with the symptoms so we can feel better. Let's just get the root out so we can live. Amen. You be thinking now. God's going to be starting to show you what kind of roots you got going on. I'm going to get some of them roots out there tonight. Medical interventions. They kind of reject the idea of sin and guilt. As a matter of fact, in treatment programs, so nobody's guilty. It's just a disease until you get in there, and then it's your fault because you're not working the program. So you give them a mixed message. <coughs> Okay, we need to confess. Oh, we don't want to judge anybody. You know what? We're not judging. The Bible says we're condemned already. We're agreeing with the truth and casting off the judgments. God is good. They do not cure. Medical interventions do not cure the problem really seriously. Please. I'm going to tell you something. The word pharmakia from pharmacology, pharmacists, Pharmakia is the Greek word for witchcraft. It is. Think about it. I know people who are pharmacists. They're nice people. They're just, they just have white coats on instead of black ones. In the forests and in the jungles and in the olden days, when they did their potions and their spells and their concoctions to make people feel better, how do you suppose those potions worked? Because there was a spell. And who do you suppose enforce the spell? <clears throat> the devil. The demons. What do you think you're taking when you're taking those medications? Now, I'm not saying that is going to keep you out of heaven. But you could sure be put in a, quite a slump and a stupor for taking them. Which maybe means then you don't have a clear mind. You say, but you don't know my pain. Well, maybe pain should just go to hell. Pain is a demon. I know <clears throat> for everything God has, the devil has a counterfeit. There is some pain that's legitimate. <coughs> when you break your leg, pain is going to come and say, don't walk on that leg, please. Get me to the doctor. Get me to get my bones set. 
but pain that comes 25 years after the accident, and you're still in pain. Seriously, it's like an alarm clock. You set the clock, it wakes you up. It rings. Do you put the ringing alarm clock in your pocket and carry it with you the rest of the day? Why not? It's annoying. That's right. So the alarm clock worked for getting you up, but you don't need it all day. The pain works for getting you to the doctor, but you don't need it all day. It's a counterfeit. Pain is a demon. And you know why he can be in you? What's the lie he's, he's telling you? What's the lie the pain tells? Therefore, and and pain is part of that. And pain is there because why? Because you let him be there. You let you do, because he says to me one time, I asked him, <clears throat> why are you here? It's because I can be. Because they think I'm part of the whole deal and they never chase me out. So when you start to get a pain in your shoulder or your back or your elbow or your head, say, no, you won't. No pain. Get out of here. Because the devil is going to attack you. We're not ignorant of his devices, the, devil, uh, the Lord says. <clears throat> but he hopes, the devil hopes we are. Sin sets up circumstances that allows the enemy to call for retribution. That's when we break the law. Now he has a right to judge me and make me think it's God. The consequences of sin are often sickness and disease. So when somebody comes to you, um, this is how I would do it. Does anybody want to, can we do a little practice right now? Okay. <clears throat> Does somebody in here want me to pray with you? You have some pain or something going on in your body or something, anything, I don't care. All right. Your lungs. Okay, good. You can stay right there. All right. It's um, Linda, right? Okay. What does Jesus Christ want to do for you right now, Linda? He wants to heal me. Mm -hmm. So what is the lie, Lord Jesus? By the way, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So, Lord Jesus, will you show Linda, what is the lie that she believes that allows this pain to be in her lungs? That I have the lung condition. Okay. Where did you first begin to believe you have a lung condition? Lord, take her back to the original place where she began to believe she has a lung condition. He will take you back to a memory. <clears throat> and I bind every spirit that would hide or block the revelation of that truth in the name of Jesus Christ. When I was young and I was coughing. Mm -hmm. And in that memory right now where you're young, how old are you approximately? Um, I think I was about a freshman in high school. You're coughing. Any other thoughts in that memory? Any other feelings in the memory? It was just, uh, I was cold, my nose would run, I had to walk to school. Okay. Um, and you believe what? What did you say? Well, you know what? I just, it just came to me. I think it was from um, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. um, being raped by my stepfather. Ah. So how does coughing, Jesus, son of God, and lung condition relate to being raped by a stepfather. Connect the dots for Linda, Lord Jesus. How does that connect? What is he? I didn't even hear what you said. Ah. You who snatched that word, blocking, blanking, you couldn't hear it. Because when you were violated, you came into agreement with a couple of other things. I don't want to, what? Hear, think, know, remember, feel. Okay, so you came into with all those demons, so they began to numb you out, take away your hearing, 
your memory, your feelings, and what happened? Um, what happened to your lungs? They just started to not work right. Stifled? Shut down? Suffocated? When you go back to the rape, was there any, what was, was the physical situation? Could you breathe? Um, I, was, uh, I was sick and my mother wouldn't let me stay in the hospital because then she, as a good mother, would have to be there with me. And so she couldn't be at home watching him to make sure he didn't run around on her. But then... But was there pressure? Was there suffocation? Oh. Um, I'm sorry. See, I, I can't really hear you very well. Um, Is that always the case or just right now? My ears get clogged up. Okay, who's clogging your ears up? Uh, it's from any scent. Of what? Um, you're allergic. You're, you're, you're environmentally sensitive to perfumes and things like that. Because when, you, when we are violated, our whole body now becomes on guard. So everything becomes a potential enemy trying to get in, whether it's through your nose or through your, um, your mouth. So we become allergic to things. What does Jesus want to do for you right now, Linda, with your, your ears, with the sense? To open my ears and he wants to heal me. And who's going to protect you, your immune system or him? I believe him. You know him? Yes. Then your immune system can rest. You don't have to be overactive and... And, and allergic to perfumes and every little smell that comes through the air because it might be dangerous. And did this man wear a perfume or a clone? Don't remember? Probably did. <clears throat> okay, so going back to the lungs. Is Jesus Christ with you right now? Yes. What's he want to do for your lungs right now? Heal my lungs. And what is the truth, Lord, you want Linda to know about what happened to her in the eighth grade? It wasn't my fault. Did you think it was? Well, no, but I couldn't understand how God could allow it to happen mm -hmm. because I was youth leader in my church. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do anything wrong. So let's ask Jesus. He's there right now. <coughs> Son of God, take the witness stand, please. And show Linda, why is it, how is it you allowed this to happen? And she's not the only one with that question, probably. Lord, why did you let this happen? She was good doing what, she was want, what you wanted her to do, youth group, in her, youth, in her church. What happened? What does he want you to know? Was he there? He was there. And so what does he know? It wasn't my fault. Does he know everything? Yes. What does he know what the devil was trying to do? Destroy me. So what was the lie the devil told Linda, Lord God, in his attempt to destroy her? That God didn't love me. Because? Because I wasn't good enough. And he wasn't there to protect you, right? Right. So what would you like to stay in, say in defense of yourself, Lord God, Jesus? He was there. And? He cared. And there was just evil in my house. Mm-hmm. He protected me because I lost my memory. Mm-hmm. He just, just revealed it to me a few years ago. Your memory got blocked. Yeah. So that was because you don't want to remember it. That was what another agreement. I, I can't, this is so terrible, I can't remember it. I don't want to remember it. So he heals your memory. 
Because blocking your memory isn't going to make anything better or take it away, right? It's just going to shut you down. So why did Jesus let it happen then? He said there was evil in your house. I guess because then I could help others because I, I had him, I had the strength, his strength to get through it. You guess this or you know this? What does Jesus say? Does he guess or does he know? You know that. I know that. So, do you think he was mean and unkind to let this thing happen to you? No. Because why? No, because that's the world I live in. But I um, can help I have a him, so I have strength that people that don't know him don't have. And there's maybe a lot of people that you can help. And so that's you're, you and him. He went through that with you, didn't he? He had to watch. He had to be there. He had to permit the devil because this other person's will was being turned over to Satan at that moment. Did you forgive this man? I did. Good. Just before he died. Good. How did he die? Uh, he died uh, a few years ago. I saw him just maybe six months before, and I went up and forgave him. Hmm. Good. So the lungs, the congestion. Jesus, we come against the judgments that Satan has brought upon Linda for this attack that Satan put upon her and set up in the first place. And we petition and present her case before the court of heaven right now that this congestion, this stuffiness, this uh, lung condition, whatever it is, this death in her lungs, can't breathe, can't remember in her mind, I command, Father, in the name of Jesus, that those programs now be deleted by the blood of Jesus Christ, that Linda no more has to suffer with this, that the sword of your word will separate her from these programs, from these lies, and from the demons that have troubled her. And I command the spirits. Is it okay if we send them away? Yes. We send them to the pit, Lord God, yes. that they have to stay there until you do what you want with them, Lord God that they cannot come back. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do for her lungs right now, for Linda's lungs? She wants to heal. Then let it be done. Even now, Father, we're just going to lay hands on you real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, take away all of the infection, the inflammation, the swelling. The, this, this thing is coming from the overreaction to the, uh, the sprays, this environmental f fear of something, I have to protect a hypervigilance, hyper alert that's causing your lungs to be um, not able to do their job properly because they're supposed to protect you. What is the truth Jesus wants you to know about your lungs protecting you? They, they will protect me. They love you. They're part of you. God gave to you. But it's not their job to keep you safe, is it? Well, no. Whose job is it? Um, the Lord keeps me safe. That's right. So your lungs are just a gift to you. Okay. So what's happening in your lungs right now? They're, they're working. Deeper? Breathe deeper. Yeah, I didn't cough it off. There's no rattle or anything. Thank Good. you, Lord. Complete healing, Father God. Complete restoration. And cough, you can go to hell. Out, all of you, go. Holy Spirit, sweep the house. Sweep Linda's house. Make it all fresh and new. 
I call her immune system back into proper order and function to protect and preserve this good daughter of God. There is no doubt and division about who she is. She is made in the image of God. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit will sweep out everything that's not of God in here. Refurbish, refresh, re, 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 uh, redeem, restore her house. Rejoice these rooms inside of her life. Every organ, tissue, operation, and function, we call you back into right and proper order and rejoicing in the name of Jesus Christ. We call life back in. Death, go to the pit. Get out. Fear. Lung condition. Who said that over you? Those words. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I cancel out I cancel every out. agreement I've made, every agreement I've made with, I can't remember. with I can't remember. I don't want to remember. And I have a lung condition. I declare, I declare my, lungs my lungs are filled, are filled with, the glory of God. with the glory of God. And I have a strong and sound mind. For you have not given me a spirit of fear. But your mind. But you are mine. And you and I and you've given me the mind of Christ. And you've given me the mind of Christ. I ask you to open my ears. I ask you to open my ears. And take away the stuffiness. Take away the stuffiness. That I might hear you clearly. That I might hear you clearly. Because these ears. Because these ears. That you gave me. That you gave me. These lungs. These lungs. My body. My body. Is all dedicated. Is all dedicated. Back to the full service. Back to the full service. Of the King of Kings. The King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. The Lord of Lords. Amen. 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 What's happening? Feel good? Good. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. On your rib cage, that everything be put back Thank in proper God. order in Jesus' name. Thank you. So, that's good. Anybody else? Let's do one more. It's only 7 o'clock. Or I think it's seven o'clock. Yes. What do you want? What's Jesus want to do for you? And what's your first name? Sue. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So this, when somebody comes up, altar ministry time. This is kind of how we do it. Okay, Sue. What does Jesus want to do for you? Set me free. You said C six vertebra. Vertebra. Mm-hmm. I was in a car accident just before I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. My head went through the window. Mm-hmm. Twenty-some years later, I'm experiencing problems with my hands. Mm-hmm. Numbness, tingling, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like electrical nerve. Mm-hmm. And I've been told mm-hmm. that that's... From that car accident. Okay. Not by experts, so to speak. I mean, by chiropractors, yes. Um... Yeah, you've probably seen that chiropractic chart. I used to have one of those with a spinal column, you know, mm-hmm. where all the things go to wherever, wherever. Yeah. And is this C6, is that go to hands? Did you ever see that? Okay, so that's what they're thinking. Like, what does Jesus Christ say to you about your hands and the tingling and your nerves? That they're healed. Mm-hmm. So what about the sixth vertebrae? What does he want you to know about that? That it's healed. Was there <coughs> witchcraft in your background? Yes. Lots of it? No. Who was it? A gener- on the generational side, mom's or dad's side, or both? It was my, well, dad, I think, because he was a mason. Oh, there you go. And he took me into the, the Job stars, and God showed me. He said, what goes on behind closed doors is not me. And he said, 
the sons of Masons are called the Malay. Mm -hmm. He says, that's demons. Mm -hmm. And I got out of it because of that. Mm -hmm. And then I dabbled with, you know, as a kid, mm -hmm. Ouija board mm -hmm. and eight balls. But yeah, I confess, I repented it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you didn't know that dabbling with those kinds of things is an open door that Satan wants to take advantage of. Now, did you cancel them out? I thought I did. Okay. By confessing? Yes. But did you ever do anything about the witchcraft that was in the Freemasons? No, I didn't. All right. Because I didn't. That's the devil's. He's using that as his open door. He's still got a permission slip in her life. Does that make sense? Because of the witchcraft. Now, that wasn't your choice. I mean, you, you didn't choose this witchcraft, this masonry. A lot of you, if you have been in, or your people have been in, in Freemasonry, I've done a whole lot of seminar on this, but I'll just give you the fast. They have made oaths. They have come into agreement. They have given the devil permission to do very terrible things to them if they should divulge the secrets. As a matter of fact, they have so strapped themselves in these oaths. Jesus said, don't make oaths. They have some, become so strapped in those oaths that they are scared to get out. Some of them just are too arrogant to get out, but, you know. But if their children turn away from Freemasonry, all the agreements and the curses that your grandfather made, whatever, come down on you. And you don't know it because you don't even connect the dots. So if anybody in here has been in Freemasonry, say this with me out loud, you too. So, Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you right now as your children and we confess the sins of idolatry the crafting of graven images the secret agreements the oaths that were were made through our generations past with Freemasonry the symbolic dedications the rituals the secret words all of the evil including declaring that Lucifer is the grand architect of the universe. We declare these things to be an abomination against your holiness, Lord God, your kindness, your goodness. We cancel out in the name of Jesus Christ through your grace, Lord God, and through your blood, all of these oaths and agreements. Because your word says, in Ezekiel 18, no longer shall the child suffer because of the sins of the fathers. I'm asking you to release me. I cancel out those judgments and agreements. And I declare that the spirit behind Freemasonry, the witchcraft, the Baphomet, that's another part of it. The, the, um, the, uh, antichrist the Antichrist spirits, the spirits of poverty, the, spirits the spirit of destruction, destruction and death, destruction and, death. And, all of the afflictions and all of the afflictions that Satan has brought upon me, brought my body, my mind, my soul, my, soul, my spirit, my, soul, my heart, my, heart, my finances, my, my relationships, my, relationships, my future, my, future, my, health, my health, that those curses, that those curses are now brought before you, Lord God. And I declare to you that Jesus Christ 
took all my curses. He became a curse for me that I might be free. I'm asking you, Lord God, in your mercy to release me now from all of the physical and torment the spiritual destructions of this evil one. I give you praise for you answer my prayer. I forgive all of those in my bloodline who participated in this abomination. I turn the crimes committed against them and against me, against our family, by the demons who lied, who deceived us and brought us into this treachery. I turn these crimes over to the high court of heaven and I'm asking you, Lord God, as my righteous judge to deliver us and restore us through the revelation of Jesus Christ that you will set me free from the condemnation and the consequences that Satan has brought against me and my life through Freemasonry. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I agree. You said if two or three agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done. I ask for Sue right now, Father God, that you restore her body. I command all the demons that are tormenting her nerves, playing games, uh, binding, pinching neurologically, uh, sending false signals, neurological impulses, mis mischief in the name of Jesus Christ. Get off of the sixth vertebrae, witchcraft, go to the pit. All unclean spirits, all lies, all fear. Get out of her. Get out. I command that the, sun, the light of God's truth make manifest your hidden works of darkness, that the sword of his word and truth separate you from her, shrink. Small, you are small. Now go to the exit door of Sue's life. Strong man, what's your full name on your birth certificate? Susan K. Matthews. Susan K. Matthews. Strong man, familiar spirit, you who are using her name, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let those demons go. You are also dismissed. Jesus, Son of God, are you there? Yes. And what does he want to do? Set me free. And what would that mean? What should we do with the demons? Kick them out. Okay, Lord, where should we send them? then to hell with you devils. Get out in the name of Jesus Christ because we agree. Thy will be done, O God, on earth right now in and through this daughter. Complete strength in her hands, in her arms, in her shoulders, in her muscles. We just pray the blood of Jesus to heal, the blood of Jesus to cleanse all those nerves. Wash them, clean them, set her free, Father. Restore that sixth vertebrae and all their spinal column. All pain must go. What's happening right now? You cannot come back, pain. Shut up. Go to the pit. What's happening? The tingling is diminishing. Tingling? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, tingling? Nervousness? What are you doing? Go to the exit door. Notice we did not say specifically that tingling. Tingling. Do you hear me? Is he there? Tingling, I command you now to go to the door. Take all of your pain and all of your mischief and all of your stuff that you're doing with Sue's nerves with you. What's he doing? What's he doing? Distraction, you go with. Go to the door. What's happening in your head? What's behind your eyes? What's going on in your head right now? 
I feel a tightness in my neck. Mm -hmm. They put a noose around the neck in Freemasonry. So let's take it off. All of you who want to do this, we've been, we're going to do this. Take the noose. This noose that is a choker, I take it off in the name of Jesus, and I throw it to the pit. All right, you spirit behind the noose, go to the pit. Choking, what else? There's a blindness, a blindfold. Take it off. Throw the blindfold in the pit in the name of Jesus Christ. Now what's happening? There's also a hoodwink that they put on your head like a cap. So it mixes and mingles tooth and air. Take off the hoodwink. Throw it in the pit and say, I have nothing to do with you, hoodwink. I have nothing to do with you. I have nothing to do with you, noose around my neck. Blindfold, you be gone. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now there's also compass points they put to your heart to make you have heart pain, anginas, heart attacks. Pull it out. I take this compass point and I cast it to the pit with all of its pain and all of its symptoms, including heart pain, palpitations, heart attacks. Go from me. Do not come back. And now they also do the all-seeing third eye. So we're going to pull it out. I command, I command this, this all-seeing third eye this all -seeing third to be plucked out, plucked out this occult eye and cast into the pit. I have the mind of Christ. I thank you, Lord. Now there's also a ball and a chain they put around your legs to keep you poor. So if you want to take them off, Say this, I, I remove this ball and chain that holds me back and keeps me poor. I send it to the pit in the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's take the apron off, the apron of religion, and I take off this apron of self-righteousness, judgmentalism, and religion, and I send it to the pit because I declare I am clean and holy through the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. Now how are you feeling? Lighter. You still have a band around your... Yeah, I'm feeling a tightness right between my shoulder blades. And what's that? It's a burden. Yeah, that's what I heard, a burden. A burden that's not Jesus' because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? So what, anybody else got burdens? All right, take that yoke off and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I cast this heavy burden into the pit of hell. All you pious deceivers who are helping me good, be good, you are liars. The Holy Spirit lives in me. He will lead me into all truth. And Jesus Christ said, and Jesus Christ said, my yoke is easy, my yoke is easy and, my burden is light. and my burden is light. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Father God, thank you, Jesus, for Sue, and I thank you for everyone here. Lord, wherever there's been a malady, a mischief, we plead the blood of Jesus right in those places, those cell memories, the programming, the heart, the body, the places where they've been afflicted. We call them back to life and cleansing and purify, purify them through your blood, Lord God. And let the Holy Spirit fill those places up right now. What's he filling them up with? Yeah, joy, peace. How do you feel now? And the pain. Any pain? 
No, not really. How's the? Still a little bit. A little thing. Okay. So they're in your fingers. Yes, it's in my fingers. Okay. So they don't want to leave. So what are you going to do? Command the... them okay. in the name of Jesus Christ to get out of my fingers. And what are their names? What are you going to call them? Tingling. What else? Anything else? Pinching. Pinching, tingling, numbing, numbing, burning, burning. Um, stabbing, pains. Out. Out. Name them. Any other? Just, just name the demons. Name the pains. Get out. Get, Get out. out. And we pull them off to the pit. In the name of Jesus Christ, these hands are dedicated to the Most High God. All parts, every part. Thank you, Jesus. Now what's Jesus Christ? Is he there? Yes. And what's he want to do for your hands? Restore them. Good. How hard is that? It's not. <laughs> Secure their houses with great joy and celebration, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Feeling better? Yeah, a lot less stressed. You don't realize, you know, when you get heavy burdens that you're carrying for a long, 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 long time, you get so used to it, you don't even know there is a burden there anymore. Mm -hmm. How do your fingers feel? Good. What about the other one? Thumb. Okay, what's in the thumb? What's, Lord, what's holding on in this thumb and finger, in the, which is it, your left hand? Yes. What's going on there? Lord, what's the lie that this demon is using to hold on? What comes to you? Jesus, show her what's the lie. What comes to your mind? He'll bring it to you. The little girl. What's the matter? That I don't deserve it. Well, who would that be? The devil. Yeah. Shame. Guilt. Mm -hmm. Unworthy. Mm -hmm. Does he tell the truth? No. Oh, then why are you listening to him? The little girl in there, did she hear? Well, Jesus, what do you say about this? She doesn't deserve it. Son of God, what does Sue deserve? What does he say? All that he has for me. Does he lie? No. Then why would you listen to the liar and feel bad? Unworthy guilt, shame. What are they trying to do to you? Destroy me. By making you believe a lie. And Jesus tells the truth. So unworthy, unworthy. How many of you have ever listened to unworthy in your life? Let's tell him to go to hell. You don't have time for such things. You are needing to do the will of God. And that doesn't mean carry a, give unworthy a, a free ride all of his life. Unworthy, shame, guilt, accusers, liars. Get out of them. Go to the pit. Yes. Get out. In the name of Jesus Christ. In that place, Lord God, will you fill my brother and sister up with your presence, your truth, and the assurance of your love. Unloving spirits, go to the pit. Rejection, go to the pit. Not good enough, go to the pit. Perfectionism, go to the pit. All of you, your programs are being deleted by the blood of the Lamb right now in their minds, in their hearts, in their souls. Now, what's Jesus doing? Hmm? How do you feel now? It's less and less. And what are you going to do with it? Just say, get out, get out. Amen. You're out of here. That's right. Root, you're out of here. That's right. Root of rejection, you're out of here. 
That's right. Rejection's a very big one. That came from my dad. Sure. And where did he get it from? <laughs> and did you forgive your dad for taking you to the? Yeah. OK. Did you forgive him for rejecting you? Yes. Good. Is and your dad? Even, and even God, not too long ago, he said, where is your dad? And I says, with you. And he says, well, then he can't hurt you anymore, can he? That can't. No, and he didn't want to hurt you in the first place. No, no. His demons did, though. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't sort our people out from their demons. Mm. Amen? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Amen. Well, what time is it? A quarter to seven. A quarter to seven? That's it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots more time. Yeah. What? Somebody wants a question over here? So every point net, somebody over here. She keeps pointing at me because I, I raised my hand earlier when you asked if someone else. But so. Oh, well, we got time. It's only a quarter to seven. <laughs> I mean, it's not past anybody's bedtime here yet, yeah. right? You're all adults, yeah. right? Nobody has to be in bed till at least 10 o'clock. <laughs> okay, what's your name? <laughs> I'm still doing it. Because I got. Did I get through my PowerPoints yet? I don't think I did, but anyway. All right. Now you can look at that while we talk. What's your name? Katie. Katie. What does Jesus want to do for you tonight, Katie? Um, well, I've suffered from allergies, so I believe it's healthy. Good. So how long have you... Anybody else got allergies around here? Okay, listen up, allergies. We can do two for the price of one here. Or 25. 25 for the price of one. Okay, so allergies. Now, Jesus, does Jesus love you? It's Katie, right, did you say? Yes. Katie, does Jesus Christ love you? Yes. Did he create you with allergies? No. All right, so Lord, take her back to the original place. Show Katie the lie, all of you. What is the lie you're believing that creates an opportunity for the devil to create and put these allergies upon you? Katie's going to take you all back to a memory. Katie's going to take you back to a place. I bind every spirit that would hide or block the revelation of that truth in Jesus' name. So, he's going to take you back to a place. What's he showing you, Katie? Well, I, it might sound weird, but I believe he's showing me it came from the womb. The womb? That's very possible. Are there other people in your family that have allergies that are above you? Um, or? I never knew of any. Okay. Okay. What are you allergic to? And I just thought of something. My grandma on my mom's side had to move out to Arizona because she had a lung condition. Which would be? I don't know what the name of it was, but it, the doctors told her if she didn't move out to Arizona that she probably would die young because she kept getting pneumonia. Pneumonia. Mm -hmm. It could be allergies, <coughs> pneumonia. Okay. So lung condition. Other people have lung conditions besides grandma. What? Uh, my older sister had asthma. Asthma comes from fear, panic, fear of dying, um, can't breathe, suffocation. You know, I've always had, okay, this is going to sound weird, but ever since I was a kid, I've had a fear of dying. Mm -hmm. That's from asthma, they can't breathe. They're, it's eminent death. Fear. I've got a panic, fear of panic and anxiety, CD. It's about that, and asthma is one of those things where you can't breathe. 
you're going to die. And so fear, panic, sets up a whole system of something in you to keep you alive. So he's going to kill you over here, and then he sends a solution to the problem to keep you alive over here, but it's called the torture rack. So what was, you're just going to say something. Well, this is kind of, it, sounds, it can sound funny, but I guess it's probably not. My mom said, I'm a, I'm a, I've been tested. I'm allergic to grass, dust, dust mites, and cockroaches, and some tree that doesn't grow around here. I don't know what it's called. And um, uh, my, when I was little, um, I lived in Arizona, and I wasn't used to seeing grass. And my mom and my dad, we went camping, and she said every time she, when she tried to get me out of the car to put me on the grass, I just started screaming and screaming and screaming. And, and so she put me in a playpen, but she couldn't take me out of the playpen because if she tried to put me on the grass, I would just start screaming and screaming and screaming. Hmm. Did God make you to be allergic to grass? No. Why are you laughing then? Well, who was freaking out at the grass? <laughs> You're laughing because you know. What's the truth then? I guess the truth is that there was a spirit of fear involved. That got you freaked out with grass because grass was something you had never seen. Fear of the unknown. Yeah. You still have fear of the unknown? Things that you don't know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm still afraid that, well, what if, you know, what if I die and I don't go to heaven? Who says that? <laughs> yeah. It so dumb, doesn't it? Yeah, well, who's that dumb that could say that? <laughs> the dumb one. You know, what if I die? Who's talking to you in the first person as if it's you thinking it and feeling That's that first person impersonator, right? So what does Jesus want you to know about, first of all, dying? And going and not going to heaven. Well, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Does he lie? Jesus, no. No. What does he want you to know about grass? Jesus, son of God. Oh, so go back. The little girl who was afraid and had to be in the playpen. Where were you when she was freaking out over the grass, Lord? What were? Where were you? Show her. Where was he? Oh, he was there. And what did he want to say to you when you were freaking out? What about the unknown? To trust him. Do you? You do trust him. Do you? Yeah. All right. So then this spirit of fear over the grass and the allergies, and notice, it's, what did you say, it was allergies and dust? And I'm allergic to milk, um, dust, dust mites, cockroaches. So this kind of expanded. You got you... Um, Who made you itch? I guess it would be the enemy that made me itch. To convince you that you were allergic to the grass and it was yucky, right? Yeah. And then once, when I was about um, 20, 20 years old, we moved into an apartment in Bloomington and um, I started, I was sick all the time there and that's when I first started having a lot of. I never knew I was allergic uh-huh. until mm-hmm. later in life, and then I got tested in 2005. But mm-hmm. for 
for some reason, it's just, it has continued to get worse over time. Okay. Because you think you're allergic, you've bought, you've bought into the lie. You were allergic to grass or didn't like the grass because it itched, and you opened the door because of that agreement to all of the allergic to grass demon and his buddies. You could have been, you know, that apartment could have had things in it, like mildew, mildew or something, who knows. But what does Jesus want you to know about all that? That's right. That is right. Because why? Because it's healthy. It's supposed to be healthy. He made it that way, didn't he? Yeah. To handle those, process those little mites and dust. And everybody, the rest of us are pretty not allergic to dust. I'm not allergic to dust too much. You should see my house, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't get allergic to So, I mean, this is the way I look at it. God's no respecter of persons. Why would he make some people to be allergic to something that nobody else is allergic to or some other people aren't allergic to? So your body should take it. So the little girl in there that was freaking out in the playpen, Jesus, can you find her in there? That's, that's, um, I'm sorry, it's Katie. Katie. Can you find Katie in there, Lord God? And what do you want to do for her body right now that the enemy's kind of programmed and wired to be all um, resistant and reactive to various things? What do you want to do for her, Son of God? When? Now. Then let it be done. Is there any reason you can't be healed? Is there anybody that... I don't think so. Okay, is there anybody in there that protests? Doubt? Fear? Show her, Lord God. Well, I think I've always had fear. Of? I don't know, really. Uh, some, sometimes fear of the unknown, sometimes fear of uh, being hurt. Fear is fear. He's not even telling you what you're afraid of. <laughs> who is afraid? Satan. He's the one who's afraid. Does he get to camp out in your life then anymore? No. Then fear be gone. Allergies, reactions, chemical reactions, the way you've stirred things up, you who made her afraid and fearful of the unknown and the dust and the, and the this and the allergies, all of you, we cancel out that program through the blood of Jesus Christ and take the sword of your word, Lord God, to separate from Katie, everything that has to do with the devil's operating systems for allergies, fear, however he set it up. Lord God, show her your truth. Is Jesus with you right now? Yes. And what's he doing for the little girl? In the playpen, what's he doing for her? Well, I just feel like he has his hand out and is touching her. He has his hand out and is touching her. You feel like that. Who said that? Is Jesus, which Jesus? Jesus Christ. Okay, you're asking me. <laughs> Who is it then? Are you not sure? I wasn't sure what the right answer was. That would be confusion. <laughs> now why are you laughing? Because you had a false Jesus in there. You have the real one, of course, also. But a false Jesus who's not quite doing what the real Jesus would do. What would the real Jesus Good Shepherd do for the little girl? Son of God, show her. That's right. The religious Jesus will do something like this, or something like this. The real Jesus will do something like this. 
And those counterfeit Jesuses are a dime a dozen. Does that make sense? So we'll tell that false Jesus, Antichrist spirit, religion, whatever he is, I should, I think, go to hell. Get out of her. What's your full name, Katie, on your birth certificate? Catherine Joe Cutright, strong man, familiar spirit. You are bound. Send your enemies, send your little emissaries, entourage to the pit. Get out. Holy Spirit, we ask that the sword of your word and truth will cut their strings. They have to go. The strong man is bound. You want him to gone, gone too? Yes. Then be gone. Get out, unclean spirits. Fear. Go to the pit. Holy Spirit, sweep the house. You know what else needs to go. All false Jesuses, Antichrist spirits, worry, get out. What else is going on? Well, I just realized I never really felt close to my mom and dad. And I wonder if that's why I, why I had that perception of Jesus rather than holding me. Ah, oh, that's good. So the, the enemy gave you a false picture of what love would be. And so say this with me. I'm going to keep, we're going to cancel that out. Okay. Dear, Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, I cancel out all of the false pictures of love, everything the enemy presented to me, everything the enemy presented to me as you, as you that, wasn't, that wasn't, I cancel it out. And I declare, you are the good shepherd. You made my body strong to take care of those those things like allergies allergies. to keep me safe and pure. pure. So I command the unclean spirits spirits that are trying to mess with my lungs lungs. and my head and my my body body to get out. out. I am holy. I am am the temple temple of the Holy God. God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father God, I agree. You said if two or three agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done. Same with all the rest of you. It's an unclean spirit. Messing with your lungs. Messing with your body. So we command him to go. Tell him, name him. Tell him to get out. Take the strong man. Use the name that you've been given at your birth. Tell him to leave. Take the sword of God's word and cut these things. Because a sword can separate even to the dividing of bone and marrow, thought and intention, soul and spirit. Separate those things from you. The devil knows about the sword. And if he knows that you know, then he's in trouble. Thank you, Jesus. Now... Jesus, Son of God, bring in the celebration, the hope, the joy, the peace, and the revelation of your word. Close the doors. Amen. Yes? This is the first deep breath I've been able to take in over three months without rattling or coughing. Praise God. And my ears are cleared now the first time in three months. Praise the Lord. Thank you, you, Linda. Thank you, you, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. How's that feel? Um, I feel good. I feel fine right now. You think you're going to feel fine later? I think. I hope so. I think so. I think and I hope are from where? (laughs) (laughs) Where are they from? Here, we're going to turn this part off because I don't know how to do this. All right. That's very good. Are you all happy? Yes. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and they were fighting about what my middle name would be, and I have an adopted son who mm -hmm. wasn't given a name at birth. Mm -hmm. He was given a name in an orphanage, and then, of course, we have a name. So what do we do about those situations? Well, you have a, a name or some names on your birth certificate. That's one set of strong men. You would also have, because of the fighting, you'd have a second strong man in there who's vying for that position with that, the double middle name. What are the two names for the middle name? Joe and Joanne. Joe and Joanne. So I would say that you have a conflict with your identity. You're not clear as to who you are. There's strife going on inside of there because they, they're, they're fighting. They're making you kind of like unsure of who you are. And as far as adopted kids who don't have a name, there's going to be an abandonment issue right away because they didn't have a name. And then, of course, the name you gave them, that would be the name of the strong man. So um, maybe they called him in the orphanage baby boy or something. Um, so a lot of times when there's an when there's a adopted name and a, a biological name and then an adopted name, you'll have two different strong men. And you also, those people will have two different sets of generational inheritances. They'll have a biological one and, a, and an adopted one. So they will get some demons from this one and some from that. But it's also a good thing because whatever God's, you know, whatever Satan's trying to do, God's always doing the opposite thing. So you've got now two, that your son has got two different sets of blessings as well. You know, so, but remember, both God and Satan are always working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing. So, yeah. When you were ministering to her, you asked her, did her mom and dad have allergies mm -hmm. also? Mm-hmm. Would that fall under hereditary curses instead of a generational curse? It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing? Yeah. Really? So, hereditary, in other words, people that wear glasses, you know, seem like they carry on with glasses. Right. And well, well, that's generational. It's all the same. It's just a, more, some are more biological and some are more super, uh, spiritual or, or emotional. Um, the devil can mess with people's DNA, just like he did in Genesis 6. So right now, it says, God says, if, if you, O Lord, mark iniquity, who can stand? God says in his words, the, the psalmist says, if you, O Lord, mark iniquity, who can stand? Mark iniquity. Where would iniquities be marked on the human being? What is the very smallest thing that came together to make you a thing? The strands of DNA and the coding of the DNA. So everything that you got, everything that you look like, everything that you, all your gifts and talents, came on those tiny strands of DNA that were coded in certain sequences. Do you suppose the devil could mess them up? Sure. You're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. He's, he formed you in your mother's womb. But the devil has messed up the DNA a lot. And then we have all this other stuff that the, the devil's using all the time to continue to mess up our DNA, like all the electrical waves and the neurotransmitters and the bad food and the, you know, pornography and all this other stuff. So every once in a while it might be okay for you to just plead the blood of Jesus over your DNA and ask God to fix it. Bless me, Jesus. I bless me and all my DNA come back into the full agreement with Jesus Christ and life and truth and the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
Let my DNA be well. Patch up the holes. People get, get to accept the way things are in their life because that's, it is what it is. It's a lie. Yes? When you were saying witchcraft about the back, mm -hmm. does that account for like the neck and then the shoulders? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Did you get a healing? Huh? Did you get a healing? No. Did you have, have masonry in your bloodline? Masonry? I'm not sure. I think I did. I'm not sure, but I did say it. Did. You did say it? Okay, so what's your name? Tammy. Tammy? So, Lord, what do you want to do for Tammy right now? Do you have pain in your neck? Yes. And your stiffness. Stiffness of neck. What would that be? That's exactly what the Bible says. Rebel witchcraft is as the sin of rebellion and stiffness of yes. neck. So definitely your people were not bowing to the right God. Idolatry. Right? Still true? So they're doing what? Following Jesus Christ? What are they doing? Following yourself. And that's their God. So you're going to repent for that stiffness of neck, that rebellion against God, and ask God to remove the judgment that the devil's put upon you through the pain in your neck. See, the, the devil will do whatever he can. This is, makes sense, doesn't it? To bring a judgment on you. So Lord Jesus, it's Tammy, right? Yes. What does, what's the truth you want Tammy to know? Take her back to the original place where this spirit of witchcraft put this pain on her neck. Take her back to the original place where she needs to be to get this healing, Lord Jesus, Son of God. And where is he showing? I bind every spirit that would hide or block the revelation of that truth. What's he showing you? Like since birth. Since birth. Okay. So these people were in agreement with all these lies and sins when you were born. Yes. And Lord God, how much of that is Tammy's fault? None. So does the devil have any a case against her that will stand in the court of heaven? A case against me? Yeah. Does Jesus say the devil has a case against you that will stand in the court of heaven? Have you accepted Jesus Christ? Yes. Well, then, does the devil have a case against you? No. He would try to make one, make one up. So since birth. So what does Tammy need to do, Lord God? What sin does she need to confess, or what needs to be done so that this pain will go away? Confess the sin of witchcraft. And? And rebellion. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Idolatry? Do you have a do you have a royal bloodline? Do you have royalty in your bloodline? Do you have people who had kings and queens and coats of arms and what's your middle name? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I know I do. You do. People with royalty in their bloodline. What's your middle name? Faye. Okay, Tammy Faye. So is it on your mother's side or your father's side? The the royalty. Witchcraft, royalty always implies and brings, you know, murder, executions, people choking, hanging, cutting the heads off their subjects, which makes the people who come from that bloodline very affected by those things. And then witchcraft to keep them in power. And do the people in your bloodline, on your mother's side then, do they, what do they die of? Mostly blood-related stuff, heart attacks, strokes, aneurysms, birthday orders, blood clots. Smoking and drinking. And well, what happens to them when they smoke and drink? Lung cancer and liver cancer. And ah. Emphysema. 
Ah, lots of things going on. Why were they drinking and smoking so much? They were in so much what? Wine and what? Pain. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say addiction really runs in both of my sides of family. Okay, you got addictions on both sides. You got witchcraft for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's your full name on your birth certificate? Kaylee Faye Hicks. Hicks? H-I-C-K-S? H-I-X. Okay. Is that what nationality is that? German. Okay. So, Father, we bind the strong man that would use any part of Tammy's name, Tammy Faye Hicks. You are bound in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind the strong man, familiar spirits, generational spirits of addictions, alcohol, smoking, cigarettes, lung disease, cancers, Father God, witchcraft, pain, rebellion, idolatry. Say this with me, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I come to you right now as your daughter. I come to you right now as your daughter. And I cancel out, I cancel out. the agreements agreement. that have been made. By my generations past. <coughs> and I come to you as the authorized representative of my bloodline to do this business before the court of heaven on my behalf and on behalf of my descendants. I come to cancel out the agreements, the romance that we had with witchcraft, idolatry, giving place to the devil, taking things from him, <coughs> being bribed by him, being bribed by him. I cancel out every agreement that we have made with worshiping the devil, bowing to him, rebelling, to the mo uh, rebelling against the Most High God. I ask you, Lord God, to, to forgive me, and I confess these things as done and practiced in my bloodlines, also the use of false comforts, also the use of false smoking, smoking uh, drugs. drugs. I declare these things, declare these things to, be an abomination to be an abomination to your holiness, to your holiness and your heart, and your heart for, my life. for my life. And I repent, and I repent for, my own participation for my own participation in these things, in these things both, knowingly and unknowingly. both knowingly and unknowingly. And I ask you, Jesus, I ask you, Jesus remove from me Remove from, me. Remove from me the deaf and dumb spirit, the, deaf and dumb spirit. The, spirit of judgment and condemnation the spirit of judgment and condemnation that the enemy has put upon me, the enemy has put upon me for, breaking the law. for breaking the law. You have written your laws, written your laws. In, my heart. in my heart. You have sent your Holy Spirit, you have sent your Holy spirit to, live in me. to live in me. I belong to you. I, belong to you. I reject all the counsel, I reject all the counsel that, I'm bad, that I'm bad, worthless, worthless. no good. No Never going to make it. Never gonna make I deserve this pain. I deserve this I'm, unworthy. I'm unworthy. I cancel out their lies through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I command you, enemy, I command you enemy, including you strong men, including you strong men to, take your lies to take your lies and take your programming and, take your programming and, go, to the pit. and go to the pit. I ask you, Jesus Christ, I ask you, Jesus Christ to, delete to delete the body of death, the body of death operating, systems operating systems that have been going on in my, life. in my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name I, give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Secure her house, Lord God, and we agree. You said if two or three agree and earth is touching anything, it shall be done. I ask that the sword of your word would now remove these demons, generational familiar spirits, witchcraft, murder, bloodshed. We forgot to say those. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I confess the sins of murder, murder, rage, rage. Violence, violence, bloodshed, bloodshed. Injustice, injustice, killing people, killing people. 
killing people. Hanging people. Hanging people. I declare these atrocities, I declare these atrocities to, be an abomination to be an abomination against your heart, against your heart and the law of love. And the law of love. I, I confess them as sin. And I repent for my own participation in these things, both knowingly and unknowingly. Set me free from anger and panic and rage and temper tantrums in Jesus' name. Close the doors. Father God, seal them shut and bring in the celebration. What's happening as we pray? That's another demon. And what's he holding on to? What's the lie? Lord Jesus, show Tammy what's the lie that the one in her brain is holding on to. What comes to your mind? I bind every spirit that would hide or block it. See, all the counseling is done by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, throughout my life, have believed a lot of lies about being nothing and nobody and right. everyone's better than me. And, and what does Jesus say about all that stuff? What's the Son of God say? That I'm worthy. Do, does he like you? Yes. Does he love you? Yes. What does he want to do with your brain then? Um, heal it. Take those black spots out of there, right? Then let it be done. Let the blackness go, darkness, death, unworthy. You're the ones unworthy. Get out. We come against you with the sword of the word of God and the light of God's truth. Holy Spirit, remove them. Sweep them out. Now what's the truth Jesus wants you to know? That I'm important and special as anyone else. That's right. Has he got work for you to do? Jesus? What kind of work does he have for you to do? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know could go to hell. Jesus doesn't, I don't know anything. He knows everything. What do you know? You're a good warrior. You love the truth. You've been leaving too many lies. And I said earlier to some of the girls that in the place of your greatest gifting, the devil will put the biggest test. So what's the biggest way he's tested you? Worthlessness. So what's your gift? Confidence. Confidence in the goodness of God. And it's not about you. It's about him. Amen. Secure her house with great joy. How are you feeling now? Um, now I just feel it on this side. Okay, what's on that side? Well, whatever was just... Um, just take your hand. Heaviness and stiffness. Okay. And Heavy, stiff. Just, take, just name them. Take your hand and go like this. Heaviness and stiffness. Get out of here. Get out of here. Happiness and stiffness. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, fill my head. Lord God, fill my head. With peace. With peace. Amen. Now how does it feel? Good. Great. All right. See how hard this is. <laughs> Thank you, dear. All right. I'm going to just, I'm going to actually dismiss people at this point. You're welcome to stay a little longer, but I know people do have to go.